0: Welcome to the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. I am Ben Hanson. Thank you for being here. We're glad you found us. If this is your first episode, um, please tweet at Min Max Show or please leave a comment on YouTube and say, first, parentheses, episode. We'd appreciate that. Uh, anyways, I'm joined by Janet Garcia. Yo, what's up? Oh, you know, good podcasting. Uh, Kyle Hilliard. Hello. And that's good not podcasting. all. podcasting. Also, Jeff Fava. I'm that terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have known that was coming? Uh, We have a jam-packed <laughs> episode for everybody today. We're going to be talking about the Game Awards' Game of the Year nominees. We're going to talk about our backlogs for 2021. Then it's Guestapalooza. We're going to have guests come on to talk about Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy. Finally, we'll... Talk about Grand Theft Auto on this podcast in a big, bad way. Uh, Then we're going to talk about Halo Infinite with another special guest. The multiplayer is live, everybody. Run, run. It's live. Play it on your nearest device. Um, And then we're going to be joined by uh, Sarah Pazorski for some community questions in the back half of the show. Should be a wonderful time, so please get ready for that. But Janet, you know how we like to kick off a podcast these days?
1: I have a sense, but go on.
0: Well, here's, here's the thought. It's normally with a segment we like to call community kickoff, but this is going to be the most natural community kickoff of all time because they're basically kicking us off into the first segment. Fenrir submits a question on Patreon and says, imagine, if you would, a scenario. You've been granted what? Okay. All right, slow down. Right, I thought that was more. You'll
1: have to be more specific. You've granted
0: one, you've been granted one gamer wish trademark, he says, to have the time to play one title from 2021. Your 2021 backlog you otherwise wouldn't have gotten to this year. What is that game and why? I think so we're talking like uh hyperbolic time chamber level, I believe Kyle, right? If you could just freeze time okay. and play a 2021 backlog game. What would it be? What would you go to, Kyle, do you think? Oh, I'm starting, huh? You betcha.
2: I think I'm going Valheim. What? I feel like I missed something special there. Yeah.
3: Oh,
0: that is fascinating. Okay. This is interesting. Yeah, we can just talk about our overall backlog. Because I mean, you
2: all, you say it's your game of the year, you I know? Think and I haven't right now even it touched is. it.
0: I've barely watched
2: five minutes of gameplay footage of the game.
0: Here's the thing, Kyle. I love that game a lot. It is one of those games that I had such a good time with, pr- namely because I was probably playing with best friend Ronnie and Grant Man three, and it was just like goofy, silly adventure times. And I know that other people love it as well. I think it's going to be a tough one to roll up the hill for game of the year, and especially you, who doesn't like playing with other people or making eye contact with other people the odds of you enjoying this game are very very low okay well that's i mean that's good information you know yeah i mean i shouldn't discourage you from playing it you should jump in and, and check it mean, out is it is there not much for someone playing by themselves basically i mean is it just it'd be okay doesn't i mean how much fun be okay, how much okay. fun did you have playing minecraft by yourself Okay, yeah, that's... (laughs) Yeah, well, Minecraft doesn't have goals, which is always my problem. Right. Alheim has goals, right? Honestly, here's the thing. If you can, like, wrangle up your family and move uh, to the Beverly Hills... No, if you could wrangle up your family and, like, get a good gaming session of Alheim with your daughter, I think that could be really fun. I could see her being more into it than you are, and I know that if your daughter enjoys a game, it's kind of like a subtle indoctrination.
2: Yes, it is, yeah.
0: Is it violent? Is it scary? Ooh. Is it a lot of fighting? Ah! Uh, doesn't need to be. No, it's a little. I, she she'll be fine. She's she's basically an adult at this point. Yeah, it's like you're like in the woods also, at I'm night. I'm not worried about like the content. I'm worried if she would like it. Yeah, I hear she kill you. Animals like and eat them. You can yeah, there's yeah like-, like she could. She can go yeah. play
2: Dead Space if she wants, but I know she's not going to enjoy it because she just doesn't <laughs> like that
0: kind of stuff. You know, I wouldn't say it's gory. It's no, a, it's and like unexpected. you can eventually okay. tame animals, which seems like it'd be really up her alley too. Oh, so I can yeah, see it. Yeah. All right, I like that. That's that's a good answer. Good answer. Good answer. I did it. Um, I don't know, Janet, Do you have one in mind for like if you could pause time? It's like the time that's really holding you back. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm.
1: The context, like, do I have to roll credits to get out of the chamber? Is it like you're in the chamber? to oh, roll credits, fair. or is it just like. Mm. You're in the chamber for as long as you want, whether you're finishing the game or, like, playing 10 minutes and being like, never mind, didn't need the chamber.
0: You can come out of the chamber I'll early. Like the chamber. Vegeta will scold you when you come out early, but you're welcome to leave whenever you want, I think it's how it works.
1: Okay. Um, damn, man, this is so rough, because a lot of the games, like, I hate... You know, I've been really on it this year uh, more than, I think, any year in my life with keeping up with big releases, so I feel like I know even the games that I want to get to and spend more time with, I kind of have a sense of whether or not I'll like them. So it's like, what do I want to spend time? I think if I could go in the chamber for a game, it'd be Bravely Default 2, which is one of, it's in my top 10 of the Mm -hmm. year. Um, And I think I, one sadness I have is I don't think I'm going to finish that game because it is so long. And I kind of already know that like, oh yeah, it's really good. But I feel like if I beat it, one, it'd be awesome to be able to play more of it because I really enjoyed it. And two, I think I'd be able to more, um, like better rank it within my top 10 because I'd have a more refined and like, you know, expansive take on it other than like, yeah, it's really good, you know? Like, I'd like something more nuanced. But other than that, maybe Inscription, because I've liked Ooh, that game a lot. And yeah. I feel like that is one that I just don't feel like I have more time to spend with. But the time I did spend, I really liked. And it so that'd be another one maybe where it'd be between that and Bradley Default too.
0: Yeah, what Inscription is... It's a little longer than I thought. I think it's like like 10, 15 hours, uh, somewhere around there. I'm
1: not sure. And then it has like those rogue elements that I'm like, I feel like that could throw a wrench in like understanding where my progression is.
0: Right, right. But yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it looks like 11 hours averaging for inscription there, which everybody's screaming game of the year. Uh, We gave it away, gave a bunch of codes away in the last episode of Trivia Tower. Um, Yeah, I think for me, oh, God. I, I really enjoyed what I played, but I look at the road ahead of me and it's like, I don't know if I can commit to this. It's Tales of Arise. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I want to be a Tales defender. I want to make uh, our hero, Kelsey Lewin, proud of me and this podcast overall by giving the game the props it deserves. But when I look at how long that's going to take, I don't know where I'm going to find that time realistically in I'm- the chamber. In the hyperbolic yes. time chamber, yeah. of course. Yeah, the is
1: just for JRPG. It's like a JRPG, did <laughs> yes. j- you not play this year? Yes, and it then should absolutely be renamed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know, Jeff, does something stand out for you? Is it just Red Dead Redemption 2, or?
4: Well, are we counting?
0: <laughs> good, good guess. Are we
4: counting Darkest Dungeon 2, or is that early access, so we're not I think that? that I think
0: count. that counts. I think that counts, if you want to waste you, it you on can that. buy right? That's always kind of my mm-hmm. sort of decider.
4: It's like, you can pay for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess Darkest Dungeon 2. Have you played any no of it? no way I would ever have... No, I haven't. Mm. It's... The little icon's staring at me right here on the desktop. And
1: we're saving it for the chamber. So. That's yeah. right. That's
0: yeah. right. When the chamber becomes real. Yeah, we should just position... We have everybody watching us live at the Backstage Pass here. Uh, thank you. They say we're being suspiciously quiet about kissing... That was the pre-show conversation. It was just a lot of kissing the camera. So if you all enjoyed that, you people are really missing out if you're not watching this live. But uh, we need their help in determining like what we should make time to go back to this year because we are we are down to it. In my mind, every once in a while, I convince myself like there's still time to go back and play some stuff. But it's like no, no, no. You get to choose maybe one and a half games that you're going to get to play and get caught up on before game of the year. And I feel like that's if we're being militant about this stuff so we need help trying to sift through what we should actually make time to play like janet you i think maybe more than anybody on the show has been like really good about keeping up with the big releases but like what is what is up there for you that you're kind of on the fence about going back to
1: um i think the oh god there's a lot like it's weird because there's some stuff that i've attached to other people like house of ashes i do plan to finish with my brother, though, so I don't know if okay. we're going to have time for that. Forgotten City, I want to restart with my boyfriend. It's a single-player game, but I feel like it'd be, you know, a fun deduction story thing to do together. And it's right. like, I think it's like an 8 or 10 hour, maybe less, experience six, 6 if you're fast. Um, I think the number one thing that I want to put time into is Psychonauts 2. Yes. Because uh, I only played two, maybe four, two to four hours, I think two hours of the game. Uh, I wasn't into it. I felt like, man, this is a game that feels old, even though it came out this year But, um, you know, Spoilers for the rest of the show, it was in the Game of the Year list for Game Awards, but more so than that, because like that doesn't mean quite that much to me, but um, Barrett, over at Kind of Funny, loves that game, and he went ahead and played through all the chicory, sort of in part for me and and other people that recommended it, and he's been like, please play Psychonauts 2, just go a little bit further, get to the hospital or whatever, the I don't know where he could actually get to. He's like, just get a little bit further, and then if you still don't like it, you can let it go. So I want to do that, like, out of... You know, respect for him and and his taste, and maybe there is something here. Clearly, people like it. Yeah, but maybe something is there.
0: I think I think that's right. I think it is a different kind of groove. Honestly, I I wasn't that hot on it for the first couple hours either. It eventually got me, and I really enjoyed playing through it. Now looking back on it, I'm a little bit cooler because there is definitely that groundswell of love for Psychonauts 2 that I wish I was on board with. But Kyle, yeah, where's your where's your recommendation level at for Psychonauts 2? I mean, embarrassingly, I haven't finished it. What? It's been,
2: like, I know, it, because it, ha- it has kind of like what um, Janet was talking about. It's a game that I am committed to playing with someone else, and that really limits how often we play it and when we play it. Like, I am uh, i don't think it's a spoiler to say I'm at the person who's really into bees. Like, that's kind of where oh, we am Oh, okay. You're,
0: you're getting there. That's, that's pretty close. Yeah, so
2: we're far. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Janet, if you haven't even gotten to, like, the, the casino hospital thing I think you need to you do need to give it a little more time because oh, it, yeah. that that game shines with the way just the sort of how imaginative it is and the story and everything like that's where that game is really great yeah um, and I mean the other stuff's great too but that's like that's the high point are those story moments and how when you enter a place and and it really you're like I haven't seen anything like this in a video game this is crazy
0: you totally know? totally yeah uh, people in the backstage pass are screaming uh, first of all, Sa Two is definitely great. uh Slayer is asking about Forgotten City, which is one that I started I played like the first maybe hour and a half, and uh, now that's on game Pass, I have it i that is especially because it's not that long. that is one that I definitely want to get through uh, to give the time of day if you don't remember this was yeah, originally the the Skyrim mod that's about a time loop, believe it or not, and you're in like a secret. Roman city, trying to. Well, the premise is we talked about it on the podcast, I think with Jv Gwaltney when he was on. But the premise is it's a lost Roman city, and the world ends if anybody sins. So you're trying to figure out who is going to sin and who's going to end the world. It's a really cool idea, um, but I need to go back to it definitely. And then Kill Slayer is asking, uh, I was not asking, demanding that we go back and play more Wilder Myth. Which is one that...
1: Ultimate is also very good.
0: Yeah. How much have you been playing,
1: Janet? I only did that for, like, one session. Of yeah. like. I think I was there for, like, four hours, though. Like, I played quite a bit of it. I will say, I don't think I was very good at it. Like, I think I missed... Like, something went wrong in my playthrough, but I still had a lot of fun with it. Like, I just think it's really well-constructed. And if you've liked, you know... Um, like, any tacticsy thing, even if it's more like a chill... Ta- like, for me, my tactics background is, like, Mario plus rabbits and Overland. Like, I don't have, like, I'm sure. not heavy into the tactics stuff, but it has that same general mechanic, and I think it's really well done. I think the story's very fun, and it. I'm always here for a well-constructed game where I can, like, make characters, because then I get to, like, make my family and friends, and I totally. think there's something really charming in that um yeah it's just a it's a really fun game that i think i would play way more of if it was just like on my ipad yes. i that have to sit at a computer uh-huh. mm, like it yeah. always kind of kills it for me especially when it with a game that has as like simplistic button input as wildermyth where i'm like we could just be dragging and dropping this on our arcade you know like right. uh, that's kind of thing keeping me from doing more
0: when it eventually goes to switch other consoles and stuff gets off of pc only i think it's going to have like another kind of renaissance but it's it's in that camp for me where i really liked what i played of it i respect it a lot more than i like playing it minute to minute and so it's in that thing of like god do it's a tough one to go to bat for when we're talking about the 210s which are min max's end of the year game of the year awards but yeah jeff i'm like do you feel accomplished enough from Wildermyth to to bat for it no yeah. And that
4: and that, <laughs> that kind of that oh kind of breaks my heart because I I was also very smitten with it when I first started playing it and it's just it for me also is a game that I'm playing on PC and that's that's just a hard thing for me to get to. Like I I really out of all the games that I've played this year, I really wish that one was on Switch because I feel like I could just pick that up and, you know, play a little bit at a time and I would have yeah. actually made a lot more progress in it.
0: Well, you know, a game that is on Switch and Starkiller and the backstage pass is screaming at you, Jeff, um, play Metroid Dread, you dingus. <laughs> have you really no. not started that game yet? No, but I'll tell you oh. what, Hanson. I, hundred, I
4: completely finished Unsighted, which was amazing. And it oh. gave me that kind of Metroid, Zelda-esque like mash up. What do what you? What are you shaking your head at, Kyle? Oh, what? no, 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 no! You're fine.
2: You're fine. I thought you were talking about the game that you blink before your eyes and time moves forward. Oh, Completely no. before different. Before your eyes, <laughs> <laughs> I was like Zelda, Metroid. It's Metroid enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yes. not the.
0: That's un- the un- you didn't, it didn't makes hold a your eyes open sense. long enough, Kyle. <laughs> <You> Would have gotten <laughs> oh, to sorry. that segment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so unsighted. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but really, you were that hot on it.
4: Yeah, I we I, I feel bad because we talked about it and I was like, yeah, it's lots of fun. And then I kept on playing it and just it kept on snowballing for me and got more and more fun and interesting. And I think out of all those Metroid-esque games, it did a really good job of making all the abilities that you get, not just basically different colored key cards in order to open a door like like even super metroid kind of fell in that where it's like oh now you have rockets and they open pink doors and now you have super bombs and they open green doors right and in this one it's like each one gives you a really good ability that will help with a bunch of different puzzles but also just feels good to use and like kind of opens up combat in different ways and stuff and so that one Hold me through the entire way
0: nice yeah so uh unsighted if you don't remember yeah it's kind of pixelated look from studio pixel punk may the studio uh but it's on uh steam and and switch there um so hang on jeff i, I don't mean to keep laboring the point are you but really yes go? i need to
4: play dread i i know i do
0: and not i need to the point of this podcast is to finally nail it down like are you going to finish dread before the 210s debate well, I haven't started it. Right. Hanson. When
4: you explained this to me, dodging the was, question, I see it <laughs> was pick three games that you haven't finished that you wanted to go back to. Uh huh. Um, I got the three killer ones that are killing me that I haven't finished them. Answer That's... the question,
0: Jeff. Will you commit to finishing Metroid Dread before the two tens? Maybe. Oh, can, can we? Can we <laughs> Can we finish the rest of this
4: conversation? Maybe. The thing is, I don't I don't know which games are going to be the most important when we start talking about the two tens. <sighs> okay. I, I and think I want to put my resources, what limited resources. It, honestly, Metroid Dread, Dread sounds great because it is the only one of these that is on Switch. Yes. Yeah. And that gives me such a higher, you know, like possibility for actually finishing something.
0: Right. Okay. What so else? Like,
4: what else are you debating then? What else do you? Got? Psychonauts 2 is on there, yep. which seems to be on everyone. We just all list.
1: play it at the same time. Smart. You know what I mean? Like a, like a pact.
4: <laughs> yeah. And then Deathloop, which seems like is really high up
0: there yeah. for a lot of
4: people. That one's killing me.
0: Mm-hmm. The, I, saw uh, you, and, I saw you like at an Instagram post where it was you at the startup screen for Deathloop. Have you started it on PC?
4: Yeah. I've, okay. I've played a couple hours of it, but that is again, the problem of like, well, I have to go isolate myself in my room while my kid's banging on the door behind me.
0: <laughs> That's a joyful it, life. Yeah. Uh, I think that is, that is a huge one for me too. I, it's not my type of game. I enjoyed it more than I thought. I tried going back to it like a couple weeks ago because I'm like three hours in, something like that. And I tried going back to it a couple weeks ago and it was like, just a slap in the face of like, I don't remember what I was doing. I don't, I yeah. don't feel like I'm equipped to, to keep rolling with this, but at the same time, like I don't know if we can go into the game of the year debates without me having finished that game. So that might be one that I need to bite the bullet on and just like, grin and bear it and blow past get out of your genre comfort zone and just play it you idiot i imagine that's what people are screaming
4: Janet, that's one of your favorite games this year isn't
1: it yeah that is my game of the year you you both have to finish it everyone should finish it yeah it's also not that long like can do it it's okay okay Okay. and like i don't like i find it interesting that you're like oh it's not my genre like is it because of the 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 shooting hansen is it the Mm. like loopy uh immersive sims
0: i don't really for Mm. some reason i don't have the patience for immersive sims like i have the patience for like you know, RTS games or video editing. <laughs> but when it comes to immersive systems, any gamer have to pick up a piece of paper and read it. And I know that, like, Deathloop... You don't Loop, have to, though. I know, but Deathloop's, like, says, very much pushing that boundary of, like, this is who, a turbo who says blitz. Who you have to
1: read? Like, I honestly did not... Like, I think it's more fun if you, like, really dig into the lore because there is a lot of interesting lore right. there. But I didn't read most of that stuff. Okay. Like, I just let it... And what I like is that you don't have to because they put flavor text at the end that's like here's the actual point of this long email and i'm like great right, right. now i don't have to because i'm not gonna read this so i yeah. think you can just like for me like i don't even think you know it is i guess it is an immersive sim but i that was not the first thing that came to mind when i played it i don't even have a a strong understanding of what that subgenre even entails i'm like i'm just here and i'm kicking people and i'm shooting things <laughs> yeah and you can hit a candy machine all this candy falls out like go finish it it's great okay
0: yeah, okay, you're right. I, what am I going to do? I, it's like, I'll be biting my tongue and hemming and hawing throughout the two times. I need to finish your episode. I, I should stream it, too, to, like, help people. It's very
1: fun. It's a really fun game. Like, I yeah. think you'll like it more. The f- it's hard for me to comment on, like, what I felt the first few hours. I think I was into it immediately. Right. But I played it all, like, in, like, a couple quick sessions. Like, okay. I beamed through most of that game in, like, a day or two.
0: Nice. The other one that's really left hanging for me is Resident Evil Village. Where I am, ah. yeah, okay. How far did you get, Jeff? Um,
4: um past the creepy dolls,
0: okay. Yes, yeah. yes, I'm like in that area as well. Probably 50%, 60% of the way through is roughly where I'm at, which seems stupid to stop. But also, it's a game I went back to, and I have to pop drama because I get too nauseated while playing it. So it's one of those where it's like, oh, it's just a couple weird hurdles is there. It?
2: Is it like the screen shake? You, think? you can probably maybe a little bit. It's also it's settings. field
0: of view. And I know that there was a mod to to help out with the field of view in uh, Resident Evil Village and stuff. But that's one that yeah. yeah. I don't know if it it's even if I finished it. Like I enjoyed what I played, but I don't know if it would crack my top ten at this point. And so I don't know if the second half would really shift that. But maybe that's that's I think in yeah. my maybe pile. I think that, that's my number two this year. for Oh, sure. really? Wow. Just great, yeah. Wow. What's on your pile, Kyle? Outside of Psychonauts?
2: My pile, Kyle?
0: Yeah. Valheim? <laughs> yep. I
2: actually went for games I haven't even, like, touched at all. Because I oh, have yeah. a lot that I've <laughs> dabbled with. Um, and, uh, Chicory. Yes. one for me i haven't yes. i downloaded it i bought it downloaded it have not even started it um and that f- and it
0: feels like a, a big oversight because it's very zelda-y right it it gets there like i think if you start it i don't know if you started it yet but it doesn't really feel like a zelda like yeah, but the that. more you go into it it's like okay this is feeling more and more like Link to the past um yeah i think that's a really important one to to cross off the list and it's not unreasonably long or anything kyle
2: yeah yeah, and then I, I like Knockout City was another one that I was yeah. kind of curious about, but not one that I see like would even. I'm just not a multiplayer guy, so I don't I don't really see it being this like huge thing for me, even if I enjoy it. And then the the other one I wrote down, which I, we were talking about in Slack a little bit, is Call of Duty Vanguard. I feel like what I no? don't know anything about that game. I feel like it came out and I didn't hear anything about it. It's I don't know if it's just being overshadowed by Halo or what, but it, it like. I think it's World War II. Like, that's how that's how much I feel like I've learned about the Call of Duty
0: this year. Isn't it wild? Yeah, we're talking about it. It's like, I don't know if it's a combo of just not an exciting campaign setting. If people are a little bummed out about the return to World War II again in recent years. And then I think on top of that, in the press, I think there's this general vibe of like, Activision Blizzard stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. If, we, if we don't and they,
2: deserve, they deserve that absolutely right but I think there's this overall I, feeling I of think like also it comes down to like if I want to play Call of Duty I'm probably just going to boot up Warzone and absolutely. a great time and, you know.
0: yeah and like Jeff I know you like Call of Duty campaigns as well and like I was looking into reviews of Vanguard and the ca- people are like yeah the campaigns uh, meh I'm like well at that point I just don't think I'll play it
4: yeah honestly I had no idea it was out yet until like yesterday, when you started mentioning <laughs> yeah, <right>. it, <laughs> and yeah. I, I looked it up and it was like, oh, it's been out since the fifth.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. Um, other one on my pile is Death's Door. Mm. I, I I'm uh, two or three hours in or so, and I know that's not another long one that I should probably get back to. Uh, I don't know. Is it on
1: Switch yet? Uh ooh. I know. I think it only got you know, called coming. to PlayStation, right? Was it? Oh no, yeah, PlayStation Switch at the same time. Oh yeah. gosh, it might be.
0: Let's see, uh, November twenty third. Oh, Ooh, that's that's probably a good reason to go back okay. to it. That does seem pretty good. Yeah. Uh, other biggies? Anybody else has on their pile that they need a yay or nay vote on?
4: Uh, yeah, I haven't even started it, but should I start Guardians of the Galaxy?
0: Yes, 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 yes. Oh yes, yeah, yes, I have that one in my pile too. That's a big too. one for this year. It's it's. Yeah. I finished it this last I weekend. I think it will make my top ten. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean it is I finished I it this so. weekend and it is like top of my heap for top 10. Like absolutely okay. loved it. Uh and it's not super long, right? Um mm. my clock said 20 hours but I left it on. <sighs> so uh, okay. so hang on. That's I think I think it's probably like 16-ish hours uh and it's here's here's the thing. It's very easy Jiffum. Like it's a it is a breezy breezy session type of game. Kyle, did you finish it yet?
2: No, I think I'm like sixty to seventy percent through. Okay. Yeah, main story seventeen hours according to how long to beat. Okay. Um, so it's it's, you know, it's I, I feel like yeah, like the ten hour mark is where you can be like, Ah, oh, it's not that long, but once you get into like beyond thirteen or fourteen, then you're kinda like, well you got to make some decisions. <laughs> right, right. Kyle, uh, I love but if you. But I'm enjoying to... it. I mean, it's it's the one when I have time to, like, focus and play a game, it's the one that I'm playing right now. Because the writing is so good, and I want to see where the story goes.
0: Yes, it really is some of my favorite writing in years in the game industry, and there is a mountain of it. There is so much dialogue in that game. And the fact that the characters, at least for me, aren't grading is a miracle. Um, so I would I would recommend that, Jeff, even though you've been playing on PS4. I'm also just curious, like, how the PS4 version of it runs, but... Please let me know. Uh, okay, anybody else have any big lingering ones? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, please, a, yes.
4: More, more of a question. Uh, about it takes two. Yes, that
0: that's a big one too. Uh, that is a big one. Ooh, Janet, I'm interested it, in that I really like, like
4: it. Personal.
0: Yes, it. Uh, I haven't finished so it yet. It's it's longer it's so than long. you think.
1: It's, but I think part of it's funny because I think if you don't pl- finish it you might even it's weird to say because i think a lot of people that that you know push for it did finish it i'm not saying that like y'all just didn't finish the game and you're hyping it up but i feel like having finished it i actually ended in a much colder place than when i like first started playing like i don't know it's something about it like it just it's so long i don't think the plot is very amazing like people kind of act like it's like oh it's such a revolutionary story i'm like is it is it i don't know um it is fun to play though i mean like the the moment to moment stuff there are cool highs but i feel like it's a bit bloated so i i but it is a big conversation piece so i don't i think it's i don't know it's i I didn't like it as much as other people but
0: sure yeah i think it's the best platforming this year it's wildly creative yeah sure you can be not completely sold on the story here's the wrinkle for you jeff uh, yeah, longer than you think, also more challenging than you think. Like if you're looking for like okay. a good game to play with your wife I don't know how many 3D platformers she's played, hey. but it's not the most family friendly in that and sense. They, they don't
4: have like the Nintendo-esque like, now you're in a bubble and I'll just float
0: you through. No,
1: this.
4: it is very much,
0: you need to they do this be... right
4: now. Oh, it's like
1: now I'm waiting okay. for you to okay. figure out what you need to do because I'm yes. stuck behind this wall. Yes, it's exactly that. I'm just gonna do this for you. It's mm-hmm. now a single player game. Like
5: that's okay.
1: Though it is nominated but for is. best family game, right? <laughs> That's right. What kind of <laughs> a pro gamer family do these like I don't know. I got I got feelings. Yes, yeah, Kyle, Kyle
0: right does here. have it. I yeah. played it
2: with my pro daughter. Gamer, That's family. how I played it. We we beat yeah, it together. Look, so it's
1: not that yeah, and I you know, I feel like there should be a rule and you know, I was like involved with the submitting and figuring out like, oh, what what's kinda of funny gonna submit to the game awards? But I'm like, you know what? I think that, only pa- parents that are actually out here playing with kids only y'all should be able to vote like you don't need my what do i know about the best family game like i know what i maybe did as a kid but it doesn't mean it it was a family game like i didn't go into gaming looking for family games i was just like i was playing the games and like sometimes you could play with other people i don't know it's a weird category
0: it is it is a weird one yeah so keely uh, for the game awards uh, coming up in early december uh, they announced all the categories here for best family it's it takes two Mario Party Superstars. New Pokemon Snap, which came out this year, everybody. Uh, actually, I need to go back and play a bit <laughs> more. Uh, Super Mario 3D World. Oh, yeah, let me, let me relax. I should put that on my list, too, I guess. Huh? Absolutely. we need, you need to go back? Yes, Janet, we need to go back. Uh, and WarioWare. We're go back. <laughs> Get it together. Uh, the Game of the Year nominees, the big one that everyone's talking about here for the Game Awards, which, by the way, uh, we'll be doing a reaction stream uh, to. I really love watching these things. Uh, it's coming up. Thursday, December 9th. This is a heads up. Um, game of the year nominees are Death It takes two. Good. Jeff, I'm interesting. This next game. Metroid Dread, they have listed. That's oh, a wow. bold move. Uh Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. What a funky batch, huh? I I love it. I love this group. Obviously. I the internet was screaming in a uh, unanimous voice something that I wasn't expecting it to be this loud, but Kyle, what were they screaming about, man? Uh, Well, they should have been screaming about Returnal! They were screaming about Returnal. That seems like the number no, but one I think, I think what you're asking me is is Forza, right? Oh, no, actually, I was totally expecting Returnal. Yeah, like, people were screaming about oh, Returnal. Okay. But- I,
2: I heard more people upset that Forza wasn't on that list, Um, but I did also hear people that were upset that Returnal wasn't on the list, which I'm one of those people. I was... Returnal is totally belongs on that list. It's it's a travesty that's not there.
0: The amount of outcry that I heard over that, it was like, well, I know people like Returnal, but I did not know that they would be offended if it wasn't nominated for Game of the Year level. liked Returnal, I thought it was just a bunch of yahoos like you, Kyle. But now it's like, God, do I need to go back to that one as well? Like I enjoyed my time with it, but I definitely could have gotten a lot farther. Uh, but I mean, yeah, not to, spoil, not to spoil our end of year discussions, but
2: I, I don't see anything unseating it for my Game of the Year. Really. Personally yeah wow the only reason
1: i'm not playing is because i i don't feel like i can slash i don't want to get good enough to do it like i'm sure i could do it but i'm like i don't it's because you have to keep repeating stuff if it wasn't a roguelike i would play it but i'm like not me going up to this hard boss and then having to run it all back i'm not doing that right y'all can keep it like i'm just not gonna know if it's good how good it is but yeah i was that was my biggest shock as well um but my, my biggest excitement from hearing who got nominated for Game of the Year is that I predicted five of the six, so boom! Ooh,
0: pretty good, go. nice, nice, nicely done. Uh, yeah, there returnal was a Eternal on your predictions.
1: Yeah, yeah I was on my, I, I figured Eternal, yep. Psychonauts two um, surprised me because when I was thinking of what might swap, I I had assumed it might be Forza or something like that mm-hmm. swapping out with like Resident Evil. Like I was not expecting Psychonauts two to be in there.
0: Yeah, and so the cutoff date apparently was November nineteenth. So some people were being like, oh, maybe Force is not in because of that. But it's like, no, it came out before then. So it was just, you know, it's tough to give a racing game even nomination for, for Game of the Year. Uh, maybe the most uh, hotly debated category, I should say, is uh, Best Indie, which is Loop Hero, which is also a game we need to go back to because I really, really loved it at the top of the year. Inscription, which, by the way, uh, Killslayer, watching a slide backstage pass, says uh, that He's wondering if anybody's finished inscription here yet because it's the game of the year for him and it's not even remotely close. Yeah, I don't know if Leo's finished oh. it yet, but I know, you know, him and Janet were enjoying what they played. Um so inscription, uh, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Death's Door, and 12 minutes. And the fact that 12 minutes is on there, a game that was divisive at best, uh, compared to Chicory, that seems mind-boggling. And Yeah, that's that's weird. It's so weird. And I know that everyone can get up in arms about this. And it's like, and blame Keely. It's like it's not keely here this is a hundred different media outlets were voting on best indie and chicory didn't make the cut which is a reminder people please need to go out and play chicory good god
1: it is funny that like the call does come from inside the house and i guess i'm like you could argue that i fall into this category too because i'm like for the last two years i've been part of different teams that have submitted things right mm, it's still okay. not my choice but it's like part of the the process but yeah everyone's looking around like, oh, how'd this happen? I'm like, I don't know. Look at your man because I don't know what's going on here, but I know (laughs) what the stuff I put up there Uh, and I know I did not put 12 minutes, but I I was really frustrated and and a little disappointed to see the the indies as well. I mean, it is difficult. Like everyone that is in the industry presumably is doing this full time and it's very hard to get to everything, especially when admittedly coverage wise, you know, like not a lot of people are clicking on chicory like that. So I, I, can get it to a degree, but the indie category is giving these are the only indie games i've heard of this year because I've played so many other indie games that were not these ones that you know I just feel yeah. like it it it's rough it's a rough go
0: yeah, absolutely um yeah, just to to be clear, yeah we didn't nominated for the game awards min max wasn't included maybe next year keely you got our number um but yeah janet was kind so then of i funny get double
1: i get like double Ooh,
0: in, like infiltrate <laughs> pixels
1: in there yeah and then i'm there like three times just like in different disguises <laughs>
0: <laughs> diabolical uh yeah so that one uh was a bit of a mess for people screaming about it um but here's hoping something good wins the other big snub i guess uh for a lot of nominations was hitman 3 people upset that like are you forgetting that game came out in january that was good damn it so that didn't i think it's nominated for like best vr experience which even Leo, number one oh. Hitman fan and number one VR oh. fan, was like, eh, not great. <laughs>
2: so that that is one actually that I should have probably brought up earlier was Hitman Three. I, I played the first level. Without I've never I didn't play Hitman One or Two, so that was my first like experience was playing the first level of Hitman Three. Oh right on. I should probably give it more time.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah,
1: it was really fun. We should nice. finish it. Yeah. It's
0: a good time. Uh other snub I see here is best art direction. I think Guardians of the Galaxy should have gone in there. Like I don't know, Kyle, if you're with me, but we talked about it in our discussion yeah. on the podcast. But like the environmental design in Guardians of the Galaxy, some of my favorite in years as well. Like the environments are so great looking and so creative and weird.
2: Yeah, it's tough. It's maybe people looked at it and it was like, "Well, it's based on an established right thing, which already has established art direction." But like you play the game, and I mean, it is really some of the most compelling, like just. Looking off into the distance uh of you know of the year of just like, wow, that looks incredible.
0: <laughs> That's a good category for the Min Max awards, by the way. Uh the anyways, best
2: looking off into the distance.
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh look forward to our reaction stream for the game, uh, the game awards coming up Thursday, December 9th should be a hoot and a holler. Uh and they said they have seven thousand games to reveal or whatever. Um, hey, we should bring in uh <laughs> our first guest. Do you all want to be joined by a guest?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, good. I can hear them coming in now. Is that you? Oh, sorry. Hey, Jeff (laughs) Cork, nothing to apologize for us here, buddy. Jeff Cork, everybody!
5: Hey! I was
6: apologizing to the cat because I may have kind of bonked him in the face there. (laughs) As the magic happened. I'm I'm not much of a clapper, so it's a new... Experience.
0: That's right. Uh Jeff Cork, obviously co-host of BetterQuest. You know him, you mm-hmm. love him from the upcoming uh Thanksgiving Day segment, uh Hundred Reasons to be thankful for gaming in 2021. How are your jokes coming along, by the way, Jeff I'm in Jeff Cork?
6: Oh, I, I'm having a hard time cutting cutting them. Is that I've right? 4,000.
0: Yeah, how do you throw away a ruby? You know what I mean? It's just it's exactly. too much. Yeah.
6: I'll admit I've been liberally Running them through an online
0: thesaurus. Okay. It may actually be two jokes, but... Okay, great. Well, this will be wonderful. Um, Hey, Jeff, I wanted to have you on for this episode because you're one of those... I'd call you a super fan, but a reasonable super fan (laughs) of the Grand Theft Auto series. Is that fair? I have enjoyed my time with
6: the series overall okay and there (laughs) we go everybody enthusiasm
5: (laughs) that's that's the kind kind
6: of that's the kind
2: of feedback that makes it the best-selling entertainment property of all time across all
0: galaxies (laughs) that's right that's right uh has everybody here been playing uh the remastered trilogy have we got a rare occurrence where all five of us are all in on the same game yes
5: all right yes Um,
0: dabbled in all of them fantastic here's here's my journey and, Janet, please let me know if I'm not online enough or exactly what you think about the situation. But got you. Okay. This is
1: my big contribution, being on Twitter a
0: lot. <laughs> yeah, well, you're an intelligent person. And uh, my thing is, I, I streamed playing that game. You can watch the archive of the stream on our YouTube channel or on Twitch. And it was me starting up Vice City. And it was like, ah, that character looks a little bit wonky. But, all right, hey, Vice City, everybody. Ah, there's some jank, but those old games are pretty jank. All right, great. And then I just dipped my toe in the water of the internet and it was on fire with rage about this remastered mm-hmm. trilogy. Am I nuts? Should I be more... Should I think of these games as more sacred than they are? Like, is this that much of a butcher? Or Correct me, please. Am I being uptight enough about this remastered trilogy?
1: I think it's just always a personal choice. I mean, I I definitely think that we should at least acknowledge that this could have been better, oh, yeah. and it just mm-hmm. wasn't. And you know, maybe that was a choice that was made, and maybe that's a choice that should never be made, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to put out there. And I think this does kind of put a damper on the idea of Rockstar doing or being involved with more remasters, because we now know that it's not really going to be much of a, or yeah, much of a lift, because uh, remaster right. not a remake, which is kind of implied anyway. But I think we've come to expect. That sure, the old games were janky, but shouldn't the remaster kind of fix mm. some of that? Isn't that kind of the point? But for me, I'm right there with you where I'm like, look, could this be better? Yes. Should it be better? Maybe also yes. yes. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm driving the ambulance. I'm getting in the taxi cab, picking up some fares. Is there a car that went straight to the sidewalk? Yes. Is that what I remember <laughs> happening as a kid? Yeah. And totally. I'm here for it, man. Crank up the radio. <laughs> you know, will this mission bug out on me? Maybe. Will I get mad and rage quit? Maybe. But you know what? It's still some of the most fun I've had this year. And really, that makes me part of the problem, and I don't even care because I'm having a good time. But yes, I still, as a critic and you know consumer, I think it's good to voice that but yes i am part of the problem if i didn't get a code i would have bought this and i would have had a good time
0: yeah it's like you know if there was a share button back on the ps2 we would have a lot of stupid clips of the helicopter absolutely losing its mind as well and again Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to say that they shouldn't have polished things up and yes this is a remaster but you know it's not going to revolutionize things but everybody jumping into the twitch stream that was the first reaction is like this looks like crap this looks like crap why does this look better like everybody wanted it to look like a new game which I guess mm-hmm. I was just going in for the pure nostalgia, the whole thing. But Corky, as a as a seasoned gaming industry pro, what was your mm-hmm. experience with this thing so far?
6: I like that you're being positive about it. Mm. I have had similarly like enjoyable experiences. But at the same time, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it says it's the definitive edition, right? And it's missing a bunch of songs that I like to listen to, which is not to say that it doesn't uh, have hmm. a like a, an amazing track list. I think Vice City in particular has a lot of great stuff on it. Yeah, and San Andreas does as well. Um, but to take things out for licensing reasons, and then to have the audacity to say it's the definitive edition, I it's very bold maneuver, which. <sighs> Yeah, whatever. I think the biggest problem in like I I watched some digital foundry videos where they really got into the weeds. Ooh, yeah, on it. okay. It's uh it's interesting because this game was originally created uh with renderware, and then these remake or remasters were uh switched over to Unreal. So they had to do some weird wizardry oh, interesting. to get everything going. So characters kind of have this weird plastic sheen. They look uh somewhat monstrous at times yes <laughs> cj's arms i don't know if you guys have played much of san Andreas. yeah wow and it's like the first thing you see is he gets handcuffed and it's just like oh no make this stop this is uncomfortable not for the the corrupt police situation but just like it's
0: awful to look at yeah it's kind of buy a jacket what are you doing you just go buy a jacket and you're fine yeah you gotta hide everything there's like you there's There's such weird little details that, like, looking at the Reddit that people have pulled out about just, like, you know, just, like, the burger on top of the restaurant, it doesn't spin in the remaster, whereas the original Mm -hmm. is slowly rotated. Like, just those little things are adding up to the point that it drives everybody bonkers. But definitely, like, the faces are the big thing. It seemed like they spent Mm -hmm. a decent amount of time to make the main characters' faces look as best as they can, and then Mm -hmm. a lot of the other characters, they do look like Mii's just running around and it is jarring but like if it would have been the ps2 game up and running we would have been laughing eh, maybe nearly as much just about how janky everybody looks yeah i
6: think one of the things that stood out to me as well was the frame rate uh, even on a Hmm. ps5 is not great and that digital foundry video that i watched had a recommendation that i did try and it's disappointing but it does work is to delete the playstation 5 version Install the PlayStation 4 version because when you get it on current and then yeah. run it in performance mode, at least there you'll get a consistent 60 frames per second. What? Whereas if you do the performance mode on the PlayStation 5 version, it kind of does 60, but then it just like it's kind of all over the place. Woof. Uh Even yeah. Performance mode on the PlayStation 4 version, playing it on a PlayStation 5 is fairly miserable experience as well it's just like this is a really powerful console and i paid a lot of money for it and it can't (laughs) run grand theft auto 3 at 60 frames per second yeah
0: Mike, mike drucker dear friend of the show tweeted it's pretty funny that Grand Theft. Uh, okay, take two for Mike. It's pretty <laughs> funny that Grand Theft Auto 5 ran better on a PlayStation 3 than Grand Theft Auto 3 runs on a PlayStation 5. Saying, like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. hey man, I get it." Uh, yeah, I, I've been I've been playing <laughs> we'll on poetry. I've been playing on Switch, and it is pretty rough. It's a miracle if it's a hit and thirty on that thing.
1: Also, that's why I said I was like. Yeah, and again, I don't think we should give it a pass for no. this reason, but when they said GTA coming to Switch, I was like, I'm going the other direction. Right. And the Switch just cannot and I love the Switch, but it cannot do anything. It isn't even <laughs> looking at freaking I was looking again the Spyro collection. Yeah. Reignited. And looking at a screenshot on the Switch versus PS four. Come on, man. Like what's going what's what's going on here? Like it's yeah, just,
2: we, we are I don't think it's an unreasonable expectation. Like I was excited to have it on Switch. These are playstation 2 games totally talking about we're talking about like three or four generations ago you know but yeah but that's the evidence is there i'm playing
1: conversation where it's like there's so many times where where switch gets you know we get a game on switch from one to two generations ago and we have to how does it run and the answer is always like oh well i mean like look do you want a handheld or not and i'm like okay like answer the question (laughs) and yeah so i mean that that doesn't shock me as much but
0: no, you're right. It's like I mean, my is my well. answer here,
2: by the way, is is yes. I do want it handheld, and like I've been, I've really been enjoying it. Like on that sort of like you know on handheld, it's I've been having a great time. Like going back to three, I like if I were to go back and play three on PS2 now, because I think if I remember correctly, the only way to shoot was to lock onto your enemy. Right, you did not have any camera control on the right control stick. I don't think so. To have like modernized controls to a certain degree, it like actually gives me. Confidence that maybe I could finish this thing for the first time.
0: Yeah, and you're playing
2: mainly Vice City. I'm playing all of them. Th- oh, really?
0: Three in Vice City. I've
2: been playing on Switch, and then um, San Andreas. I because it's on Game Pass. I've been playing on Xbox. I've right. probably put like an hour or two into each. It's such a strange thing because you know, and with you think with that era of games, like y- there's always the cry for remakes, but these games, I I don't really. I've never wanted them to be remade because. Every iteration of Grand Theft Auto, like four, is is kind of a remake Basically. in three, at least yeah. technically. <laughs> like it's not, you know, it's not the same story, it's not the same characters, but you're right. revisiting Liberty City on a new platform, and and then five kind of feels that way for San Andreas. So like, I've never really wanted those games remade, so I don't. I'm kind of comfortable with them being feeling closer to the original. Like I'm o- visually, like I'm okay with that. Because right. I don't, I, if I want to go explore the n- newest version of. San Andreas, I'll, I'll go play five, which I've been tempted to do. It's gotten me in the in the GTA mood for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. Starting to have
4: a lot of I'll add. I'll add to that that I'm playing the Switch version as well, and I'm. I've been. I was. I wasn't expecting huge leaps and bounds for you know it to be much different, but I have been surprised that even going back to three, that the game is still really playable like, like i've been having more <laughs> strange fun. tone i mean i mean some because some games you go back to and it's like oh this is ass i'm i'm just not having fun and i'm not gonna finish it and i don't want to play it anymore yeah and uh, there have been parts in gta 3 where it's like when you when you just die on a mission and it's like okay i gotta do that whole thing again for some dumb reason you know like they i would have appreciated some checkpoints during missions and stuff but otherwise like it holds up a lot more than I thought it was. And I, I found myself like, I remember this mission and I remember that mission and I remember this place and it's fun to go back to in that sense.
0: Yeah, it has been a nice nostalgic blast. You know, I've jumped through uh, all the games a little bit and like I definitely played San Andreas the most and just starting that game again and be like, oh, that's right. I forgot how much time I spent on my bike in this game. Just those little details like, oh, that's right. Grove Street. Also, it, I maxed out that bike so fast when I originally played it. I was yeah. like doing wheelies over oncoming traffic <laughs> and stuff. I love that. It's so fun. Um, here's here's the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing about these whole remasters, Cork. Do you know the name of the developer uh, who did the remasters? I looked it up this morning and I can't remember. Now. Okay, good, good. Uh, Grove <laughs> Street Games. Yeah, Grove. That's Grove. Grove. So it's like. <laughs> So how does that work? And I went back and looked at the history. They're originally called war drum studios. They mm-hmm. changed the name of their studio to Grove street games in like 2019. And Grove street is obviously the, the kind of home base in San Andreas. It's a huge part of the plot is Grove street. So, it's like, did they get this contract and then change their name? Because according to them, they named themselves after the street that the studio is on in Florida, which is Grove street. Hmm. <laughs> it's really quite a conundrum is what's going on with these folks. Um, yeah, I was thinking uh I was thinking about it and just like obviously the uproar is is huge, the user ratings are in the toilet and not taking that away from anybody, you're allowed to be upset and all that stuff. Um but mm-hmm. I was just thinking about like I wonder if part of this is just is this like the best-selling game that's ever been remastered or remade mm. in any way. And so everybody will have an opinion because it turns out like 30 million people played San Andreas and really enjoyed it. You know, it's like, obviously, if you count, like, All-Stars for Super Mario or something, but, like, outside of that, it has to be the biggest, right? So everyone's going to have an opinion on it. Yes. But, I mean, the thing about it, though, is, like, you can see, you can put screenshots, like, glass doesn't
2: shatter in the San Andreas remaster. Like, when you shoot a windshield, it just disappears. When the original, on the PS2, the glass would shatter. Oh, really? you put stuff like that side by side. (laughs) Right. And it's like, it doesn't matter what your history with the game is. You're going to look at that and be like, wait a second, yeah, that's dumb this just sucks yeah Yeah. i think that's like the
1: big sticking point for a lot of people um where it's like because there's such a a big and broad fan base that has spent a lot of time with these and especially i think with them pulling the older versions right again with that like comment of like this being the definitive edition there's so much of, like, looking, you know, and posting screenshots of, like, oh, this is the donut place, and notice how now that they, like, made it all smooth, like, the, the bolt is now, like, a different shape, or this sign has a typographical error, you can tell that they probably just ran software to kind of, like, repolish this, and in that, like, it got a little bit botched, so it's a lot of people nitpicking at that which i think is a fair and valid nitpick because the whole point of gta is that it's this really cool open world where you might you know walk around and naturally actually stare at all those things and want to read all the signs so i'm not like saying that that's an unnecessary you know analysis but i think it's it's become that thing where because it's a little bit negative to start you start to see all the negatives like it's easy to start digging into that and there's so much data there and so many people doing that work that i think that's where a lot of like the ire has come from but for me you know i have to be honest in, in my playstyle, where like i'm not staring at the sign and thinking of let me google what it looked like before and i don't have a memory of what it looked like before either mm-hmm. even though i did play these games so for me like i don't end up caring when i'm playing it that doesn't mean that it's not valid to criticize or to care or to notice right but for me i'd be lying if i told you that i was noticing those things because i i'm just not
6: mm-hmm. yeah sure i yeah. think for me one of the things that stood out is just like how familiar i was with like Vice City and the layout and San Andreas, which is like for some reason, GTA 3 as much time as I spent there, it just kind of washed over me. It just didn't have a personality in the same way as those later games did. But like those other ones, I'm like, oh, I distinctly remember this turn and if I go here, there's going to be this and that and like, for the most part, I've been spot on. I I think the thing that's, I think causing a lot of the controversy is just the fact that rockstar is like notorious for their attention to detail and level of polish and we're seeing things we're seeing kind of like their baby pictures to begin with right but like it just feels like a photocopy of a bad copy of those baby pictures
0: you know totally i keep thinking about there's probably not a studio that exists on earth that likes being mocked and laughed at on the internet <laughs> less than mm-hmm. Rockstar. And imagine everybody yeah, in there is just yeah. like, what? You're yeah, attacking yeah. Rockstar? Yeah,
4: and, and I, I had the same reaction when I saw that it was Grove Street Games because when I started playing it was like, you know, like this this is not up to Rockstar's standards. And right. Tell mm-hmm. that it's a third party. But then I was like, but is this like a spin-off? Of Rockstar? <laughs> it's confusing. Because yeah. they named it that way. I'm so but, glad but you still, saw that too,
0: Jeff. Okay.
4: Yeah, yeah. It it still feels like I don't. I don't know what you know. Rockstar's involvement was, or how into the weeds they got. I mean, usually they get very into the weeds with stuff before it's right. it released, and it, it mm-hmm. that definitely felt off to me as well. Of in terms of not just being a little disappointed with some of the stuff that's come up, but also just being like this. This is not what Rockstar, you know, the Rockstar I know would mm-hmm. would have done or released in this. Show. Yeah,
6: yeah. It's interesting on like social media. The most they've done to acknowledge any problems is the fact that, oh, yeah, by the way, we had to take the PC version down because we inexplicably had those tracks that were missing. They're still in there if you root around the files. Commentary like from developers, like internal notes—that's in there. Hot coffee. Hot code coffee. Is
0: How is what? that possible? If you don't remember, yeah. if they you don't remember, this did. was this was the big I mean, talker. That's, that's
4: the true authentic experience, though.
0: Okay, oh. yeah, just just for a history lesson. I mean, this was the internet. It felt felt like for a full year, every news story back in two thousand four, two thousand five was this hot coffee mod. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was originally in there because in the original code for San Andreas, there was a sex mini game that was left in the code, and then they eventually had to pull it from stores because yeah. it was in there, and then it was AO rated, and it came back. It was a whole debacle. So, like, the most sensitive thing ever in Rockstar's history, the fact that that slips into the code for this re-release is insane. Yeah. Whew. Uh, yeah, it is just a bizarre experience overall. Um, yeah, I beating down Brian in the chat here watching us live. He says, I think some of the frustration comes down to the resources Rockstar has and what mm-hmm. could have been put into this but wasn't. Yeah. Yep. You look at how yeah, many games and how many you know studios are remaking their old games. The fact that they are printing money over there at uh, Take-Two and with Rockstar and GTA Online. It's like, this is the best we can do for mm-hmm. what really elevated Grand Theft Auto to the level it's at today. It's it's a it's a sad seat of affairs. Yeah, these are like culturally significant games. Right, right. In many
6: ways. Like love them or loathe them or don't have an opinion. Like it's hard to argue that these games aren't foundational to yeah. like many aspects of gaming today. So for them to be kind of treated with like like fan remakes that you know, Rockstar shut down. Uh what, looks like it was handled with more love and passion. Yeah. You know, which is not to say that anyone was like, just didn't care or was checked out while working on this. I'm sure that the people at Grove Street Games, like, put a lot of blood and sweat and tears into this, but I'm sure, yeah. ultimately, like, just the, the task of, like, oh yeah, three absolutely enormous games, let's just remaster all of them and release them simultaneously. I I don't envy anyone who had to work on it, but like you say, Rockstar has the money
0: to kind of make it
6: better. They
2: could, yeah. they could have, they could have put it out. You know, it just it needed a lot more time, and they just push it before they they could afford to give it more time.
0: So. Yeah, in in the actual games themselves, I have had this weird experience of Cork, I remember one time, forget if it was in the Thanksgiving segment or what, but you said something that really stuck with me, which you're very good at, by the way, Cor, because one sentence that'll stick with everybody forever. But you said, oh, I love Telltale Games. They put on the best puppet shows. (laughs) And I've been thinking about it a lot and playing this because, like, back in the day, like, GTA 3 in particular, it was the coolest thing I could possibly imagine. I mean, it helped that I was, like, 13 when it came out or whatever but like watching these now like the voice acting is you know it, some of it's cool some of the celebrities and yeah. stuff are cool throughout there but then just like the animations it is just like oh. crime <laughs> puppet show it is embarrassing <laughs> it really is at
4: least they have fingers now <laughs> right it, it's right not like the big mitten pause but yeah, yeah. like cork like said the the comment about it being foundational that i think that's what i have just enjoyed so much going back to it and I guess that that does make me more forgiving about the gameplay and you know whatever other qualms I have but you know like and I put probably like half a dozen hours into GTA 3 first and then I went to Vice City and did the same thing and then I went to San Andreas and it's it's been really fun and in a weird way sentimental to kind of see the jumps from one game to the Mm -hmm. next and be like Oh yeah, they added this and then they added totally. that and now you have the gym that you can go to. And just kind of the way that the system evolved over those three games and how much that has affected all of open world gaming yeah. since has been really fun to go back and kind of re experience that.
6: And just the leap right. from San Andreas to GTA four right. is yeah. it's shocking. Well, I mean, even even just in
2: a single generation, like what you're talking about, Jeff, from the leap from 3 to San Andreas is just <laughs> yeah.
0: staggering. It's like, I can't yeah. believe they got from this to that in one console generation. It, it, it's it's three single. years. I mean, that's the crazy yeah. thing is Vice City, they cranked out in a yeah. year. Like, it's unbelievable. It was 2001, 2002, then 2004 for these games. It's like, how the hell is that possible? I think it was 2004, maybe 2005. Um, yeah it's just mind-boggling and like especially just playing the intros of the stories like I think the pacing is so much better the story is so much better obviously from 3 going to Vice City and then Vice City to San Andreas I feel like it's night and day and maybe mm-hmm. this is my nostalgia speaking but like the intro to San Andreas I feel like is is so good compared to Vice City where it's like we're really hitting the ground running but I'm a little bit confused about what I should be caring about here mm-hmm. um, but, for the,
6: if you yeah, haven't seen I, I, learned, I, Toledo's Wears Scarface <laughs> Trust us. You're gonna. Here's the story again.
5: <laughs> it Trust is. It
2: us. is. It is funny now to like play it. I played Vice City in particular in that opening cutscene and like what you know what happens is like you you lose the money and the drugs and then you're trying to recover that. Like that totally went over my head when I played it back in the day. And right. so like now I'm having this moment where I'm like, oh, so that's what Tommy was.
0: That's why I was doing these missions to recover that <laughs> stuff. Okay, I got it now. Hey, this is uh, this is a safe spot to say embarrassing stuff, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, really, I was ashamed I was of my childhood self when I did when I picked up like a prostitute in this version because I remember thinking like this is kind of hot like this is kind of sexy back in the day <laughs> and I played it now and it's just like moving the camera is just like two people sitting in a car and their car making squeaky sounds for <laughs> 38 seconds if we're talking
1: about embarrassing things I have a more modern version Ooh, of that yes. where I re- I forgot about like the whole like prostitute like element I the only, the only memory I had of like you know, prostitutes in GTA was, like, running over them so I could get easy cash. Which I still did here. Yes. Um, you know, that's just what she, and it's funny, because I was, like, doing that and my brother's fiance was like, do you have to, do you have to do that in the game, though? I'm like, oh, no, you don't have to do, like, I choose to do this janky, horrible thing. I'm like, oh, it's totally optional. (laughs) Like, no one's making me, this is not mainlining, this is just me in my car. But then I, like, was, um, you know, my boyfriend was playing, like, things GTA doesn't tell you for, like, the remasters. Yeah. I was overhearing, like, the YouTube video running in the background, and it mentions, like, oh, like, you, you know, you hook up with the prostitutes and you get, like, a health buff. And I'm like, okay, well, like, you know, I'm not, you know, a kid anymore. It's my own ass. I don't really care. But I was doing a hard mission. I'm like, you know what? Let me pick up a prostitute so i can get this health buff because i'm gonna do that i'm gonna get the rest and do the whole thing and i could not pick up a prostitute i could not i did not know how to do it like i drove up and then i'm like then i also had like the problematic question i'm like is this a prostitute or is this just a woman <laughs> how <laughs> like dare you Janet. like not a lot of clothes and i'm like am i canceled right now like what's going on and i'm like on stream like yeah and then chats like okay you know like one it was hilarious too because one person was like I'm just going to be a woman standing underneath, probably like a street light. She's going to be standing still. She's not going to be moving. Uh, don't ask why I'm so, I know all this, why it's so specific. <laughs> like, just take the advice but I'm out here driving around. I could never found, never found where the I'm so was. sorry. I have no idea what's going on. Is this a bug? Like, do I not have a good read on the streets? <laughs> like, I don't know. I've yet to get this health buff. So
0: you're out of touch because it, oh, it's, it's cool. You'll love it when you get it. It's crucial. You can't play yeah. the game any other way. <laughs> yeah. There's probably an achievement for it. <laughs> yeah, was that's guaranteed. what I'm
1: thinking. I am, I am kind of like eyeing that. Pla- though I think some of the trophies might be bugged too, because there's one on PS5 oh, no. that's uh, listen to all the radio stations once. Which obviously that's the first thing you do in the game. Oh sure. And I haven't popped that trophy yet, and I'm like, huh? Is this mm. game? Is this broken? Like I don't really know what's going <laughs> the answer's on. So. Yes. The answer is probably yes. Radio
2: off count as a radio station? Maybe. Oh, I've done that too,
1: though. I've also okay. done that. So I don't know. I've gone. I've ran like. Through all the all the stations, I'm not sure.
0: Weird. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jeff Cork, um, what's your yes, game of the sir. year? My game of the I year? I know you're in a privileged spot where you don't have to care about this crap anymore, but if we made you care, what would it be?
6: Oh, with, like, I did hesitate, but without hesitation, I'll say the, uh, the Binding of Isaac uh, expansion that just came out <laughs> oh, on console. Are you serious? 100%. <laughs> Let's get to play Returnal
0: again. Okay. Okay. All right. That's a lot. Uh, great. Thank you, Jeff Cork. I look forward to the next episode of Better Quest, and I look forward to the bonus wait, wait, Thanksgiving Can I, can I talk
2: about one more Grand Theft Auto conspiracy thing? Yes, you may. A conspiracy. Yes, Is it may. the name of the so there was shooter this...
0: in Vice
6: City?
2: <laughs> Kyle, oh, yeah, don't should... don't should... don't. Should... No.
6: Should... <laughs> <We> should... <laughs> <laughs> no. No.
2: No. There was uh, okay in 2015. Uh, there was a movie. It was like a BBC yeah. television movie about Rockstar Games uh starring Daniel Radcliffe and, and Bill Paxton. Yeah. And I was like, I want to watch that. This is a good time to watch it. Thinking, you know, playing yes. these games, I can watch that movie. I cannot find it anywhere. Same. It's not on any streaming service. I can't. Mm. It's like it's totally disappeared. And I, I wonder if like Rockstar has managed to bury it somehow. I don't or maybe it's just, or a, was really it just bad a movie. I have no idea. Yeah, maybe
0: it was just a forgettable BBC made-for-TV movie, and they're not good about surfacing it, but, like, yeah, the best is maybe we can find, like, a Vimeo link on Reddit or something. I remember looking years ago I and know, also mm-hmm. just being shocked about just, oh, it is wiped from the face of the earth. Yeah, like, and it's not even, like, it's not, like, uh, like, Daniel Radcliffe
2: plays one of the Hauser brothers. Yeah, like, I know, it's, it's crazy. Not like, you know, it's not like, oh, we're we're playing the, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is they're not, It's they didn't change everyone's names to, like, try to avoid, you know, controversy or Homer Brothers, work. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, I want to watch it even if it's bad I want to see someone try to tackle that as like this very strange and important moment in the game industry
0: <laughs> yeah send Kyle and I a link to that if anybody has a copy please or if you own please. it on DVD or something please uh, Okay. Maybe next time you're on the dark web Kyle you'll find it <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that's
2: what dark darkweb.com I think is what it is Yeah, right? you got it uh, okay cool. Jeff
0: Cork, we have more special guests to get to but thank you for being here sir absolutely would you like me to clap out Yeah, unless there's anything else you want to say. Get off your chest. Now's your chance, dude. No. No.
6: I'll save it for my blog.
0: (laughs) Okay, bye, Jeff (laughs) Gord. Bye. Wade Wojcik, former game and former video editor. Welcome,
5: sir. Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, thank you for being here. You know the rules, Wade. We can't talk Halo without you as the (laughs) number one super fan. Janet, this Wade fella, uh, he's such a fan. He made a Halo uh, fan film called Dawn Under Heaven. Uh, I just was Googling around, Wade. Uh, Kyle, guess how many views it's up to on YouTube? Uh, to t- uh, 20,000. <laughs> yeah, right. 1.3 million views for this Whoa! Halo fan film. Congratulations, Wade. That's crazy.
5: Thank you. Thank you so That's much. Awesome. Now, do you get yeah. to monetize the hell out of that? Or how does that work? Does Microsoft get Not- a cut? So when we first started the project, no, but then Microsoft changed the rules part way through. So I was able to monetize it. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. And you use like Halo music in there? I'm trying to remember. No, no. The music's more or less original, but you could, you could, you like, I think according to the license agreement from Microsoft, you can use assets and music, but you have to show a disclaimer of their usage rules and essentially like say, Hey, this is Microsoft's property blah, blah, blah ha yeah
0: (laughs) weird uh okay well we have you here wade because uh there's a very exciting thing that was whispered it seemed like a bunch of halo influencers and streamers were on twitter saying wait till monday everybody wait till monday and they had this big 20th anniversary of xbox thing on monday and then they get out there and said hey guess what the multiplayer is live right now jump on in there it's technically a beta but have at it um we're officially calling it the Battlefield update! Here we go, everybody! <laughs> uh, and so now the entire world has been losing their Old mind name. with Halo Infinite. But, Wade, as as a super fan, if I may call you that, like, what has your experience been with the multiplayer so far?
5: I gotta say, uh, so, at Game Informer, that was when Halo 5 was coming out, when I was there, and I played the beta then and I was really psyched about Halo 5 coming out. Got into all the pre-release marketing content and then when yeah. it came out, played the campaign, played multiplayer for a bit and then just fell off. I did not stay with Halo 5 for long term. I mean there was quite a bit of backlash again, you know, for various things. Yeah. Uh with Halo 5, with this, with In- Infinite, I was cautiously optimistic, especially after last year before Joe Staten came on and they delayed it a year and everything, but um, I wasn't really into trying the, the, the beta, the, the tech demo uh, or whatever they called it uh, back earlier this this year. Right, right. When this came out, I was like, okay, my friends want to give it a try. I'll, I'll download. It. It's free to play. And then I tried Big Team Battle and then right away got into a Warthog, captured the flag and then immediately I was like, alright, I'm into this. This is, this is, this is what I want. <laughs> It's I,
0: I'm still trying to
5: unpack what it is
0: about it, and I'm hoping hoping that everybody else here who's smarter than I am can help me understand this, but like I'm not a big FPS guy. Obviously, I love Halo One, I have a lot of nostalgia for the multiplayer of Halo one. But even going into this now with the beta release of the multiplayer, I was like, I had a really good time in that tech test. Maybe that was a fluke, but I'm just going to play this again by myself. And then last night got really into it again. I'm having such a good time with this. There's something about just like the purity of it, I guess. Whereas like every other Halo, like Halo 4 and 5 at least, the multiplayer is always just like, what is this new crap you're trying to get me to do? Cards, I don't want to do any of this stuff. It just feels so clean and so accessible. It's just beautiful.
5: Yeah, there's 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 something that it reminded me of when people when Breath of the Wild came out, it reminded me of how people say games that, that are with popular series that go back decades, one of the things they love to do is make you feel like, Oh, this is this is how Ocarina of Time made me feel when I first played it. Or like when you go back to Goldeneye, it does not hold up. But it's like, oh okay, this shooter makes me feel like back when I was a kid, this, this, oh, this is this new great shooter with Halo It made me think, you know, I can't go back and play. We tried Halo 1 when we did the deepest dive. Um, Yeah. I've gone back to play Halo 3. I can't play it and have fun like I used to. This made me feel okay, this is the fun I was having back then brought to modern day. A lot of the same things. The jumping feels the same. The the vehicle handling feels the same. But a lot of things have been improved upon. They made so many great changes like sprinting in Halo 5. There was a big difference between the. I, I looked this up, the base speed in. The first three Halo games was 15 miles per hour. Halo 3, the base speed of walking was 17 miles per hour, sprint up to 22.5, a 32% increase. With <laughs> oh this, Halo Infinite, it's 17 base, but only goes to 9.2 sprint. That's a 10% increase. So there's like all these tweaks that 343 made to make it feel like, okay, some people want sprint, some people don't. How do we cater to both sides? Um, yeah. How do we give people the nostalgia, but also stay current and competitive with these new shooters? They really walked that line excellently with
0: and it's just the speed of the sprint because that's what i was trying to figure out and i'm not as glued into the halo reddit as i have been in the past doing you know coverage back at game form and stuff like that but i'm amazed at least from my vantage point at the lack of outrage so far like i remember people were up in arms about like look down sites
2: it's for for the battle pass is what that's true we can talk about that more later
1: yeah that is true but yeah i mean everybody else janet have you been playing any halo infinite yet Uh, no, I'm still debating on whether or not I want to check it out. Um, I might just to see like what's here, but I'm not really a multiplayer person and I'm not a shooter person. So I'm like, do I want to pour my hours into this just because, and I don't know the answer for that. I mean, the nice thing
0: is if you got a couple buddies that would play It's really easy to set up a nice custom match. Like, I love that custom game is like front and center on the main menu. You can just set up a private thing, mess around. The fact that it's free to play for everybody, you can play on PC. It's so crazy to have a Halo game launching for free on Steam. I understand there's been some technical issues with that, but still like just having zero barriers outside of you know having a computer that can run this thing it feel like it's going to be a good opportunity to try and rope in friends and especially with that custom stuff just to mess around and try and rekindle some of the old days or just have a good time a great first-person shooter it's i am excited for it to get out of the
5: gate strong here uh yeah there's there's this really cool ramp up i noticed they they you can start if you're brand new to the series brand new to this game you can start with just taking a gun and shooting a dummy and you can go all the way up to you know, dummies that are running around that are trying to dodge you up to fighting AI. And then there's this smooth ramp from nothing, from I don't know how to play this game to, okay, now I can play ranked. Right. And it's, it's excellent. I mean, I don't think Halo's had that before, but it's, it's really nice to try out all the weapons, see how they feel and then get into a game.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I've been playing a lot and was like, okay, I'm gonna have a good time. It's just like a good podcast game. Just gonna run out and shoot, learn these new maps, all that stuff. But I was like, but I'm not really feeling competitive. Maybe that's just not my style anymore. If I'm just playing with randos. And then I jumped into a ranked match and I had such a good time. And it ended up being 49.50 and i oh was boy. sweating and i was the final kill and i cost my team the game but other than that no! like it was it was so much fun it's like playing that mode in particular I was like oh my god if i ever just want some intense competitive first person stuff i will absolutely be jumping back into Ranked match in halo infinite but it's
4: interesting hanson because i had the exact opposite experience oh, really? like the first couple the first couple of games i just did quick play and i did the big battle mode and i was having lots of fun and then i decided to I uh, you know the ranked match or whatever, and I I think I'm o for five at this point. <laughs> oh boy! And it's it's just been brutal. And and one game, I'm not the greatest FPS player anymore, or whatever. Well, hang up. But to be fair,
0: we we played Halo multiplayer with the community, and you were top of the heap there, buddy. I kicked ass at that. It's true. That's true. But, <laughs> but
4: there, there was one match where like I looked at the stats at the end of it just to just to see if I'm you know like. Up my own ass or whatever, uh-huh. and like I, I did, I did the best out of every category that they listed, and it's, it's just, it feels so demoralizing when it's like you're doing your best and your team just gets wrecked by some <laughs> other, you know, four player squad or whatever. I don't know if they were randomly put together or whatnot. I'm, I'm hoping that when I get to like the, the ten matches where you actually get ranked maybe it will be a little smarter about who it's putting yeah. the matches with but so far like that i was surprised at what a difference it felt in terms of just like i don't know i don't know what they're doing to throw people together in quick play or if it's just you know like a more casual setting so people don't care as much or what but
5: right um, right yeah, the ranking yeah, notice unkind to me. So what I seemed to notice with ranking was like I would lose a game really bad and the next one would be a little easier. It felt like I was going back and forth between these bumpers of too hard and too easy a little bit. Okay. And so it seemed to me, it took me about an hour and a half, two hours to get through all the games to be ranked, but it seemed like I could feel like they were trying to fine tune the experience as I was playing. Yeah. So hopefully that is the case. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kyle, where are you at with Halo Infinite so far?
2: Yeah, I I'm digging it. It it like Wade was talking about it. It does a good job of like feeling like what I remember Halo being. Yeah. Um and uh, like I don't I don't know what the trick is. I think I think maybe everything's been turned down a little, right? Like sprint is like Wade was saying it's like turned down a little and like maybe you're in the air more a little when you jump. I don't, I don't know what it is, but uh, I I I'm having a good time. I I've, I've actually been enjoying the uh, I forget what it's called, but you know, the mode where you hold the skull oddball right oddball yeah i had a really great match where like it was pretty clear that like probably a, a you know 60 percent of who, who was playing missed that we we're playing oddball and we're very focused on just trying to get kills <laughs> so i was just like running laps and i got an achievement for like you know hold the skull for two minutes and, <laughs> and i got that in like one match and i was like this is all right this you know halo <laughs> awesome game but then of course you know i had matches where i got totally destroyed where we only had like two seconds on the map and the other team had the full two minutes or whatever. But uh yeah, I'm I, I'm having a good time with it. I, I, I'm still more excited for the campaign than I am for this multiplayer element. Yeah. But I'm I'm gonna keep playing it. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably play a couple matches every night and, you know, play twenty play an hour of San Andreas and then fall asleep and be that's, content with my some life. good
0: retro living yeah i think i saw daniel dwyer tweet yeah. about how weird <laughs> is that we're all playing halo and playing gta 3 and watching g4 right. it's just like a weird in, in november of a video game like it, right. November's usually yeah. like oh
2: i gotta play all these huge games
0: yeah but i love just how how on front street 343 is and microsoft is with halo by trying to get everybody and obviously making it free is a huge move dropping it early is a huge move and then i love just Hey, here's the title screen. Here's just the Halo theme. Like, we cannot make this any more Halo if we tried. Here's the classic music. Here's everything. Please, please, please. This is our one last chance to really let this reach up into the stratosphere again. And, like, the rest of the music... I don't know, it kind of sounds like explosions in the sky. Like, I like it a lot, but <laughs> yes. every time, like, that music kicks in, it's just,
5: like, a lot of drums. It sounds so cool. I definitely got explosions in the, in the sky vibes as well, okay. which I am a big fan of, so I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. <laughs> yeah, this is fantastic.
0: Uh, this is like Friday Night Lights, except me playing Halo. This is a best-case scenario. Um, yeah, uh, we'll be talking a lot more about Halo Infinite moving into the future. In fact, Kyle, I would argue that with you looking forward to the campaign this much, it's probably about time that we created the best, most thorough discussion about Halo Infinite on the internet.
2: Hmm.
0: Quite an idea. Quite an idea. So stay tuned, everybody for a big, some would say a deep dive on the Halo Infinite campaign. So stay tuned to BenMix's YouTube channel, all that fun stuff. Um, Wade, any other final thoughts on Halo Infinite?
5: Uh, Well, Kyle mentioned the progression system. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. The biggest like sort of, I don't know, maybe false note or thing that that a lot of people notice hey it's taking me hours just to get to like level 2 and all these rewards even if you don't need the battle pass require me to get to the super high level I think or maybe they all do need the battle pass but it's like okay it's $28 you know roughly for the battle pass and then I need to play for hundreds of hours just to get this armor that I want. It, it is kind of a downer. However, I did notice that, uh, so Joe Staten's been tweeting a lot, and he tweeted uh, just the other day about, he said, we're looking very closely at Battle Pass Progression in the beta. Please keep the feedback coming. We can't do our jobs without it. So, it's, it's good to see that they're, like, listening and wanting to improve the product based on the feedback. The community.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think they already lowered some prices, but then that kicked off frustration, too, because there are a lot of people that were like, I already paid for this, and now it's already cheaper? <laughs> like, Don't you know the rules, the Kyle? If it says
0: Beta, you can't be mad for any reason, I think, is uh the official gaming oh, logic. Oh, that's right, that's right. Um yeah, it, I I
2: do get I do get a little frustrated with like like just even the simple fact of like when a match starts, it the camera zooms in on each player, right? Right, right. Which is like explicitly to encourage you to buy stuff to wear on your person. It does not make the game better. In fact, it's a hurdle because it just makes it take another 28 seconds for the match to start. Yeah, And it's like, there's a lot of like little things like that that are just sort of on the periphery of this really great core shooting that... Like, I could, I could see myself just getting increasingly annoyed with. But, like, I, I will say that the Battle Pass stuff doesn't bug me too much because, like, I'm not really that interested in unlocking things. I don't really... I'm I, totally with you. Everyone kind of looks the same to me. That's kind of how it's always <laughs> been with Halo. So, like, <laughs> having different helmets not really a, a, a huge incentive for me.
0: Yeah, and so if I understand Very it correctly, rough. it's that idea that it's not a matter of just getting kills or getting victories for XP. Like it's trying it's to like prioritize cast. you, yeah, to yeah. do these very specific things in specific ways. And I'd love to hear from that team, three four three, about why they went that route, just to try and like emphasize a variety of gameplay instead of just basic killing. But yeah, based on this outrage, I can see them definitely scaling that back for the future. But uh, all right, Halo Infinite, everybody. We'll be talking about it more in the future. Look forward to it, please. Um, hey Kyle. Yes. Uh, before I let you go, um, I need to talk to you about the greatest announcement this week. Not that Halo Infinite uh, was live to play right now, but this frickin' game, Dragon Ball The Breakers. Oh. I, did know, I was you, trying to guess what you are going to say. Did you watch this trailer? Hell yeah, I watched that trailer. <laughs> okay, so if you missed this, everybody, Bandit Amco um, is making a Dragon Ball game. And it is an asymmetrical 7v1 survival game where, at least in the trailer, you can play as Cell, and then you're just somebody else in West City or whatever running around. You can be like Oolong or and Bulma they did, and or whatever. Anson,
2: they, they did confirm other villains. So like, That's right. is confirmed to be in the game and stuff like that, yeah.
0: It, okay, uh, I did my reaction video. You can watch me explode on our YouTube channel, but Kyle, what was your take on Dragon Ball The Breakers?
2: Uh, I mean, I, I love it conceptually.
0: It's yeah. it's definitely
2: one of those like we'll see, we'll play it, we'll see how it goes. But like just the base idea of it, you know, everyone's kind of calling it Dead by Daylight, right? Because it's it's like a yeah asymmetrical multiplayer where it's like you play as a non uh, Z fighter and just try to not get killed by Cell, which is an intriguing idea. I, I like the idea it. of like being a normal person trying to avoid the insane combat happening around Dragon Ball. Like that's, yes. that's a fun idea.
0: Yes, I'm totally on board. And I'm just excited to see them try something different with Dragon Ball. Like yeah, there were there were comments, yes. and I know it's stupid to attack YouTube comments, but there are YouTube comments for that reaction video I did that are like, just let us fight Cell. Just give us a fighting. I was like, how many games could you possibly want that in everybody? I feel like Dragon Ball has really peaked recently, where it's like, if you want like an open world RPG, you got Kakarot, which I feel like went above and beyond what a lot of folks would ever expect from a Dragon Ball RPG. And then, hey, if you want a fighting game, here's Fighters. One of the best fighting games in years. It's like, let them get weird and creative and different. And Dragon Ball the Breakers is exactly that. Like, being having a comedic survival game <laughs> set in the Dragon Ball universe is just, it's everything I wanted and I didn't know. I'm so excited. Genuinely, one of my most anticipated games in 2022 now. It's just going to be a oh, stupid wow, yeah. good time. I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that's Dragon Ball the Breakers, everybody. Uh, also, it's it's too geeky to talk about but also final fantasy 7 first soldier came out the ios battle royale <sighs> janet and jeff i'm looking at you and wait i'm looking at you You're being very patient and very lovely can i talk about this for just a second yeah, oh, it,
4: you, <gasps> you seemed like you were loving the experience that you were having
0: <laughs> okay good yeah oh we've been all about it uh so this is <laughs> the battle royale for ios and android it's out now and it is set like 30 years before Final Fantasy VII. And the whole idea is you're in the classic VR simulator to find the first soldier in Midgar. Kyle, have you played this absurd thing?
2: Yeah, I, I started it. And it, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's all, it's canon right like it's all <laughs> it's contextualized. canon but when it's like, in VR it shows, like... the, it shows the opening cutscene from Final Fantasy 7 remake and it's like you love this right you're getting you're getting the goosebumps all right now we're going to rewind and we're gonna show you, we're gonna jump 30 years into the past. And
0: by the way, it has like actual years, like 1985. Yes, that's the first which time is, I was like, what? That is the first time I've ever seen that. Correct me if I'm wrong, Final Fantasy fans, but it like it establishes a year that Final Fantasy VII happened. It's like, yeah, now this is Midgar in 1988. It's like that's such a weird idea. Okay. okay. Yeah, they, they go above and beyond in like that opening cinematic to make it to make it look cool and to connect it and like, look at all these other wannabe soldiers it's using not, all their I summons. Mean, I mean, I will say like the cutscene looks nice. Yeah. It looks nice visually
2: during the gameplay. I, I think it it, seemed, it felt like it had higher production values than I was expecting. Can
0: you use a controller? Do you know? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, it's mobile only. Okay. I definitely my fingers crossed that it comes to switch just so it can run like crap for Janet or something, but like
1: it, <laughs> it is just yeah, one of the why not get in line.
0: Let's yeah. Play. There's a lot of fine print in this game even during the gameplay of like okay just trying to squint to see items in the menu and stuff like that they have really packed a surprising amount and there's like parkour in there it's like it's all too much for one little mobile screen and lo and behold it sucks to play a battle royale on a mobile device outside of that like it is kind of charming like it got me kyle on a couple fronts like you start out in a helicopter coming in over the world. And the world is kind of like a Call of Duty Battle Royale where there's combined a bunch of different things together. Like, hey, here's Don Corneo's mansion. Here's the Sector 7 slums. Here's Aerith's church but it's kind of in an open world it's like the first real open world Final Fantasy 7 game unless you want to count the original game as open world which I understand is confusing but anyways then you're actually coming in <laughs> on a helicopter and they have like the opening music from Final Fantasy 7 as you're coming in on that copter good. and every time it gets me it's so stupid that a little battery and mobile can still get me emotional but like hearing that intro music like instead of cloud coming in on the train you're steering a helicopter to then drop in on Aerith's church I am so into it every time it is so stupid and silly uh, i'm enjoying this weird thing kyle and it's got like uh you know it's, it's got classic battle royale you know it's got the circle closing in but now it's mako gas that you can't <laughs> die from course, kyle if you go outside the naturally. circle you'll die it's got a chocobo farm for everybody you can actually like go and breed your chocobo at the chocobo farm it doesn't have the chocobo farm music but you can customize hey, during your... the battle royale i was no, like... just
1: about to ask like is this mid combat we're just stopping to is it like how you can play soccer in Fortnite? While yeah, don't don't
0: be you? naive. There's so much more to this game than just a battle royale. It's a whole experience. <laughs> There's things you can buy. It's everything. No, it's actually like in the menu. You can go to like a chocobo farm and then you can breed your chocobo. Like there was breeding in Final Fantasy VII uh, at the chocobo farm. Uh, and then you can... Customize the chocobo that you have in the game as you're running around. You can also now I'm a you can Ride the chocobo. I'm like I'm here you for the chocobo. You can ride the chocobo. Yep. Yeah, you can ride it. You can ride around,
2: and then there's there's vehicles too. You can get on a motorcycle. Not only a and motorcycle. A, and very awkwardly control it on a touchscreen. It, it, it's a nightmare. I it really like. It, I, I I'm charging the PS4 controller now to like see if it's controller compatible. Okay. If it is, I'll, I'll I'll I will play more because I I actually went in with. Uh, very low expectations and was kind of like, there, this This seems like it could be kind of cool if the controls were, you know, if I could get those
0: working in a way I like. Yeah, like I know we talked about last week um, during community questions, like, hey, it's weird that Square has released these like two kind of indie RPG projects recently that feel like bottom of the barrel budget. But playing this, it's like, they, they spent some real money on this thing. They're really going all out. Like it is now, if you're a Final Fantasy VII fan, you should at least look at it, just to see what they're doing in this world. But they know that there's plenty of people in the world playing Battle Royale games on mobile. I mean, PUBG just had like a relaunch of like a new version on mobile or something like that. So, there's some freaky people in the world that are enjoying this format. So, go. let's let's jump in everybody. Uh, so, yeah, I hope to do something more. I'm going to try and maybe get a gameplay up of it or I'll try and stream from my phone. There's a bunch of weird ways to maybe do it.
4: By the end of the year, will you have played more Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale or Halo Infinite multiplayer? Oh,
0: Halo Infinite. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. Are Mm. you sure? Mm. You know what? Look, if like best friend Ronnie gets really into doing duos in Final Fantasy VII First Soldier, maybe there's a chance that (laughs) I would really get into this. Maybe if the community enjoys gameplay videos or something of this thing, then maybe there's some hope there. But it's, it's weird. Uh, it's, you know... I stopped being precious hey, about Final, Final Fantasy VII a long time ago, and this is kind of continuing in that train of kind of the you know compilation of Final Fantasy VII where just, yeah, game on. Make some stupid stuff. Put the music in. We're fine. You said the church is in the game, Aerith's yeah. church. Can you drop in through the ceiling? Uh, the gameplay videos show somebody, like, in the rafters, um, but I haven't done that. I don't think... I don't think I tried parkouring up Aerith's church. No, I'm saying like from the helicopter. I know, I know. There are okay. holes in the ceiling. Like, even before Cloud Bus through it, okay. apparently there were holes there 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the lore is confusing. Also, uh, I don't know if this will convince you to check it out, Jeff, but uh, one of the vehicles you can ride is a motorcycle that looks just like roaches. So you can really, and you can do there like a go. whole spin attack and Game stuff. of the year. It's absurd. Okay, <laughs> that that's it, everybody. We can, we can move on. Uh, let's see, Kyle, do you want to bid us adieu? Leaving. See you guys later. Lovely Bye. to see you, Wade.
5: Bye, Kyle. Bye, Kyle.
4: Uh, yeah, actually, I'm going to go to Hanson. Bye. See you, everyone.
0: Sarah Budzorski. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the big show. Uh, Sarah, this is Wade. Wade, this is Sarah. Oh. Whoa, uh, Sarah, you came just in time to answer this riddle that has stumped us oh, no. for eons, which is, do you know how this whole thing operates?
3: I believe, Ben. I believe it's a, a Patreon? Patreon.com?
0: That's right, Min- everybody! Patreon.com slash minmax with two wins. If you enjoy the show, you can support it or join it over on Patreon. Just like these fine people that support us in a big, wad way, I'm talking about Diverge Coffee. Diverge Coffee was started in 2020 by two friends, Brian and Nick. We bonded over our mutual love for video games, coffee, and our passion to start a business. Some of you in the BetterQuest Discord may have even helped us choose our logo or taste-tested some of our roasts. Now that we're a little more established, we wanted our First real attempt at advertising to be with the company, or I'm sorry, the community we started with and love so much. We're excited to be able to support Minmax, and if you enjoy high quality coffee, consider supporting us back. Being the nerds that we are, we have meticulously created roast profiles for each of our high quality, ethically sourced coffee beans. Go to divergecoffee.com and browse our selection of blends and single origin roasts. Once you find what you like, be sure to use the code Minmax. Two ends, they say, at checkout to get 15% off of your order. Again, that's divergecoffee.com. Discount code MINMAX for 15% off. Can you believe it, Wade? 15%. What? It's wild. (laughs) Uh, Also, thank you to the folks at Fixture S1. They want everybody to know about the Fixture S1, which is a clip you put on your... Switch Pro controller so that you can put the actual screen on that as well so you can play with the most comfortable Switch controller while on the go. You can uh, follow a link below to check out their listing on Amazon. They are $35. There is a carrying case bundle as well that you can check out. Or here's a secret, everybody. If you are so inclined, you can also follow MinMax on Instagram, which is Min Max Show on Instagram because we are giving Fixture S1s away. So you have a chance to win a Fixture S1 by looking on Instagram. MinMax on Instagram. There is a post where we say, hey, the podcast is live, and all of us have wonderful faces, and all of our pictures are in there. Leave a comment on that post, and you can win a Fixture S1 for your Nintendo Switch completely free! Also, we have an ongoing uh, giveaway, uh, on Instagram as well so if we hit uh, 2100 supporters sorry followers on Instagram we're also giving away another Fixture S1 so please check that out also thank you to the fine folks at of course I am 8-bit they want everybody to know about the vinyl soundtrack for Hyperlight Drifter it is a four vinyl set the music is by Disaster Piece it's one of Kyle's favorite games and favorite soundtracks ever so you can check that out of course it comes with the full digital soundtrack as well And iMateBit is very generous. And so everything in their online store under $100, you can get 10% off of if you are so inclined by using the promo code Turkatron. One word, Turkatron. 10% off everything in iMateBit's wonderful online store. And because they won't stop being generous, they also will be shipping out a prize to whoever has the best question of the week this week. Whoever has the best question submitted over on Patreon for us and read on this podcast will win the vinyl soundtrack to Spinch. So please look forward to that. Uh, Wade, are you ready for this? Totally. Okay, great. We need you to really pay attention to who has the best question because that person will win this Spinch vinyl soundtrack. Okay, here we go. Chandler writes in and says, Oh, man, I love Wade.
5: Where has he been? (laughs) Well, thank you. I love you too. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Intimate. Well, you know, I've, I've... been able to come on the min Max show here and there uh, when Ben invites me, including on Extra Life this year, which is a blast. By the yeah. way, uh, Hanson, how many years in a row have you had to shave your head? Is this number five? Oh, that's a good question. It might be five. Yeah. I was going to ask if you incorporate that into your seasonal look, because it's like a fall thing now, every fall. That's true. Yeah. The
0: nice thing is, uh, if you're a fashion schlub, you don't understand looks. So there was a nice comment, though, where um, somebody left a comment on YouTube and they said, like, oh, I've been watching, you know, Game Informer min stuff for so long that it feels like an annual tradition is like the resetting of Hansen's hair every November with extra life. But it only happens if people donate two thousand dollars to charities. So it's it's only all... two
1: more weeks of winter. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. right. That's right.
5: That's how it works. Yeah. Uh but yeah, Wade, what have you been up to? So yeah, so I've been living in New Orleans now, uh, which actually the weather is getting perfect right now. It's like sixties, seventies. Ooh. So uh it's 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 nice not to have to do the Minnesota winter thing. Uh you know, go up for the holidays maybe, but Yeah, so I do, um, right now I'm doing a lot of, well, COVID changed everything, so a lot of work from home right now on post-production and pre-vis and working in commercial work. Oh, cool. So a lot of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was a couple years ago now, maybe two years ago that my girlfriend and I went down to to visit New Orleans and hung out with Wade uh, and his girlfriend, now fiance. It was right before before COVID. That's right. It was right before COVID, yeah. And uh, it was a nice taste in New Orleans because you're like, oh, they have some parade. It's the... Chewbacca, Chewbacca, that's yeah. what it was. Where it was like a sci-fi themed parade. It was the greatest parade I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was just incredible. Because just a variety of just sci-fi things. But also just like a bunch of nerds walking by. It was just incredible yeah. to look at. And there was a band playing like a live version of the incredible soundtrack. It was just everything that I wanted. And then at the end of it, you guys were like, "Ah." Eh. Uh, it's a pretty weak <laughs> parade for new orleans standards like what like you're just drinking beer that you brought in your backpack we you get to watch this amazing parade yeah. and you're like this is like a new orleans five out of
5: ten like, so what well i mean as far as size i actually did really enjoy that one a lot um yeah because they had the crew they had like the crew of leia's and so it's like yes. 50 princess leia's and then it's the crew of the sith they all have the like, size the crew of indiana jones and they have the big boulder they're rolling down the street yeah um, it was amazing every and that Warcraft, Star Trek, every f- nerd, fantasy, geek thing you can imagine was in that parade. And it was a lot of fun. It was excellent.
0: Uh, <laughs> Taylor C. writes in uh, and he says, uh, or he asks, what is the biggest snub in awards show history? Any awards show is el- eligible for this answer. Uh, let's see. Sarah, do you have any thoughts on this
3: one? No.
0: I am it, already.
3: I spent like 80% of my day yesterday just being upset over the Game Award nominations. Oh! It has fueled my hatred.
0: <laughs> because of Outer Wilds, you'll see?
3: Well, I mean, I wasn't expecting that to get nominated, but I was expecting to see like a few more smaller titles. It felt like there were a few big ones that seemed to dominate all of the categories.
0: Right, right. So, uh,
3: I don't know, this year just seemed... Not great for the Game Awards.
0: Yeah, I'm happy with the variety. You know, we already talked about it earlier in the show, but I'm still looking forward to seeing. And there's still some, some freaky choices at the top there for, for Game of that I'm
5: excited about. But
0: yeah, I don't know. Like, Wade, what do you think? Overall awards show history.
5: There was one that really annoyed me uh, that the best animated feature went to Brave instead of Ricket Ralph. And <laughs> even Stephen Colbert agrees with me. On the end of his show one night, he said, Ricket Ralph got like... Robbed, or robbed, whatever. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Brave is very forgettable. If if you like asked me to name every Pixar movie off the top of my head, Brave would be one of the yeah. last ones. I
5: think. That was like, oh yeah, they did Brave. Yeah, yeah. I've rewatched Record and Ralph* so many times, but *Brave* not so much. Mm. I just. Record Ralph is just such a more. Maybe it's because it's game, video game related. I don't know, but I have so much more fun with that movie.
0: Right? Yeah, it's tough not to go for like the Oscars for this. I know, like the classic one is every brings, everybody brings up that Goodfellas lost to Dances with Wolves. I'm like, yeah, that's
5: absurd for 1990. I, I really, I like, I like Dances with Wolves, but so it's, oh, it's been a little bit tough. You know. I rewatched Goodfellas recently. It's not my favorite. It's oh. just such a downer of a movie. I don't know. I, li- I, I like mob movies just as much as The Next Person. All, like. right, all right. I don't
0: know. Uh, for me, for Oscars, I always think of 2005 when Crash beat Brokeback Mountain for Best Picture. It's like, talk, go back and watch those two movies, everybody. You're <laughs> going to tell me that Crash is better? That's insane.
1: I don't know. Crash was pretty good. That's what I'm saying. I I'm totally know. with you, Janet. I don't know. Uh, for me, it's uh, Lemonade not getting Album of the Year over uh, uh, Beyonce lost to Adele for Album of the Year. Oh. Also, To Butterfly not getting Album of the Year. In general, hip-hop is the most dominant genre of music that never wins Album of the Year. Hmm. And you have to ask yourself why that is. you know. And I'll just let y'all, everyone out there ask themselves why that tends to be. Just a question to throw out there. Like The only time a hip-hop album has won Album of the Year in Grammy history is... Uh, speaker box slash the love below because everyone right. likes hey uh, and it's like oh they're singing so it's like it's great because it doesn't even feel like a, you know it's a hip-hop album um, which is not even close to outcast's best album so yeah just something to think about that tends to happen every single year at the grammy
0: so you're saying that you disagree with the way it was done but you agree with the philosophy of uh when taylor swift was interrupted by <laughs> Kanye to say, "Hey, I'm gonna let you finish." Oh, but I
1: mean, I think music video. Like, who cares, right? Oh, okay. But it's it is rough that. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I I have nothing nice to say about how the Grammys treats hip hop, but you know, Beyonce won urban Urban Album of the Year that year. Okay. which Is its own mess of things, but interesting. Um. Yeah, it'd be nice to see a, it it be a little bit more diverse in that sense. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know.
0: Uh, Parv Parkia writes in and says, "If you can create a new award category for which." For which your favorite game would be the unanimous winner, what would it be?
5: Hmm. Best Zelda game. <laughs> okay. And then Breath of the Wild
0: takes <laughs> it? one would win?
5: Yeah, well, I guess they should come out with a Zelda every year, like uh, Assassin's Creed. Well, no, they stopped doing that. Call of Duty Still, still going strong. Yeah, we got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the
0: beauty is that with the MinMax show... Uh, we can technically create an award and then shoehorn it in. I think like, you know, in the past we've had best podcast game of the year and stuff just as a way to tip the cap to the Forza Horizon series and stuff like that. I don't know if it's the most exciting category. That one probably won't make the cut uh, this year. We could probably just mention it once or something that it's a good podcast game. I would like Ooh. to
3: see um, Experimental Game because I feel like a lot of the games that I like would end up in that category. Ooh. So like Before Your Eyes and Chicory And all of those games where it's, like, they took a risk on the game design, and I would like to see them in their category where it's, like, they changed something. Like, they tried something different.
0: Yeah. And I would like
3: to see them kind of, maybe, I mean, I would hate for one of them to win over the other ones, but it's, like, I would like people to see what other people are doing in games that that is different.
0: But don't you think that's kind of diminishing it? Like, I'm going to fight for Before Your Eyes for being high on the list of I know you're
3: going to try to fight for it.
0: Okay, good. It should be an interesting (laughs) one. But don't you think it's like, hey, instead of just being like, hey, most different weird thing, like, don't you think if it's that good of a game, it should be able to fight for just overall quality along with the rest of them? No,
3: because it's like, that's why Before Your Eyes only is in like a few categories, right? Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, like, it seems kind of, you know, gimmicky. Like, we may never see it again. We may never see, like, eye capture in a game before, but it's like, I want to see them called out for it and like awarded for it because it's a lot of work you know it's It's a lot of like back-end work like doing these new things and like chicory's coloring and how you color to get through the game it's like you're telling me you're only gonna award it for like what was it like like games li- for impact.
0: Games for impact. Yeah,
3: games for impact. Like,
0: no one knows you, what, what that means. I think it's like games yeah, for no, impact it's, is just,
3: like, it's for it's like, like the
1: sad vibes. It's like sad <laughs> games for sad gamers. Which I'm like, yeah. I know all these games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: that was- my favorite games of the year. <laughs> this is my category: sad games for sad gamers.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like hip and sad games. Yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, James Burkett writes in and says, hey, CLC, game of year discussions are coming up. My question for y'all is, will you be allowing spoiler talk for your 210s list this year? I personally don't mind spoiler talk when discussing a game you're personally passionate about. Also, Sarah, is the DLC of The Outer Wilds really that good?
3: It's really good.
0: Okay, okay, there it is. Um, I, I think, so the, what we settled on after last year, because there was a lot of debate um, about the amount of spoilers that we had in the categories for last year. And I think the way to do it that was held on is we will be spoiling things, but we'll be very clear and we'll put it in timestamps. So like, all right, we're spoiling the Outer Wilds DLC, Mm -hmm. but we're only spoiling it for the next three minutes. Check the timestamps. And there's not going to be any references to it after that timestamp. So hopefully that'll be a good middle ground for folks. Cause I know people were furious that we didn't give a moment in Yakuza 7 best moment because Surreal wasn't allowed to explain what the moment was because I didn't want it spoiled <laughs> because I was almost to that moment. And it was it was too selfish of me. So, yeah, we'll hopefully get around that this year. Um, and our apologies to Surreal. Uh, let's see. Ian Sweetage writes in and says, Hello, Minmaxers With the end of the year quickly approaching and as I get older in general, I realize that I don't have nearly enough time to balance newer releases like SMT5 and going back to the old classics that I missed. For games that you know you like, but may or may not have time to play through them to, com- to completion, would you rather play them on an easier difficulty setting to get to the end or stick to your preferred difficulty and not finish the game at all?
1: I mean, definitely I, yeah. easier, but I think yeah. th- I think it's still really long. Like, it's not that... Like, it can speed it up, and I actually did that with Far Cry 6, which I momentously rolled credits on, and I... It's been a long time since I felt that joy of being done with something like it's such a long game. And at a certain point, I did crank that down to easy because I'm like, I don't want to have have to ever redo a mission. You know, on normal, I sometimes maybe would die and have to start again. I'm like, no more starting again. We're just going. But it still took me like another eight or ten hours. So I think for a really beefy game, it's not necessarily the difficulty that's keeping me from finishing it. If you're if you're an RPG, you're still going to be long
0: yeah for sure and by the way to everybody out there screaming about smt5 when are we going to cover it um yeah we would like to uh we have a couple of codes so hopefully in the future we can talk about it and our apologies to all the huge fans out there they're screaming about it being underrated we hear you we hear you um but yeah it's it's totally worth playing a game on an easier difficulty to try and get through it but yeah obviously if it's still going to take that much time but you know i understand that for a lot of people that gameplay challenge is a core part of the experience but eh, what are we talking of the experience at most compared to everything else in the game? I mean, let's get realistic here. I mean,
3: everyone's... What's easy for someone might be hard for someone else. So, like, Janet said, like, what if easy is normal? For, like, a normal gamer who plays games Mm -hmm. every day, normal is probably pretty easy for us, whereas easy is probably normal for everybody else. So, like, just experience it how you want to experience it.
5: That's right no shame that, that that notion to me goes back to one of the early Halo games where i think it said heroic which is the second to the hardest said this is the way halo was meant to be played or something in Ooh. the in the descriptor I hate yeah. when and they so do that. yeah and so i'm thinking okay I, and i took that to mean most games i'm like okay if i want to be play it properly i need to be just below the highest difficulty and that's come to bite me before like um you know back in uh, when, when witcher 3 came out and i really wanted to finish that for, to see if i wanted to be on my top 10 list that year. Um, I, I just couldn't get past a certain part in the beginning, but they had this really great thing in the difficulty selector of that game. It didn't say easy, medium, hard. It said... What sort of thing are you looking for? Mm. Are you looking for blood and glory or death and glory or whatever the, the highest one? The easiest one was, I think, just give me a story. And I'm right. like, I like that. Because what if I just want a story? I don't want this, you know, blood gauntlet or whatever. So, <laughs> so that made me realize, okay, it's okay to turn it down if, if you're looking for something different other than this immense challenge. You're totally so I'm right. totally in favor
0: of that. Yeah, I love that. I feel like there has been a general shift to calling easy mode story mode in games. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it, I think it's smart. It makes it more appealing mm-hmm. for me at least. Yeah. Uh, Marriott Player writes in and says, Jank is often seen as a negative in games, but I tend to love it, especially in the GTA series. What's your take on jank? If it doesn't ruin or break a game, is it all right? Is it actually better when it does break the game? Or is just a little jank enough? <laughs> Thank you, Marriott Player.
3: I, as like a simu- as a pro simulation player, like Trucking Simulator mm. and like Microsoft Flight Simulator, I love me some good jank. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love janky physics. I love flying through a map. I love, like, shooting off into space. As long as I can recover, as long as it doesn't crash my computer or, like, reset me back to the beginning of a game or, like, God forbid, like, trap me so I have to reload a save. Right. I love jank. Unless I'm going into, like, if I'm going in expecting a polished experience, then it's like some jank is a little like, like, ooh, like, did you really QA this? Like, it makes me worried about what else I'm going to experience.
0: Interesting.
3: If it was like a little red flag where it's like, you know, like I see something like clipping and then you're like, ooh. But unless I'm going in like expecting jank, then, you know, it's, it's usually pretty fun and adds to the experience.
0: Yeah, like Naughty Dog has worked very hard So now they're at a point where there's jank in their games. It is damning jank. Whereas I feel like, I remember for Outer Worlds, we did a rapid fire with um, the crew over there for Outer Worlds at Obsidian. And I remember one of the questions was, isn't a little bit of jank a good thing? And their answer, I think, was no. And then I remember we said jank in the trank, which is a joke I'll still defend. But I think there is like that audience, like especially the Fallout fans and the Fallout New Vegas fans in particular, like there's something kind of fun about like a slightly janky RPG because you feel like, okay, I can get away with a little bit more here. I can push these systems a little bit more to the limit.
1: I think that conversation has shifted, though, in recent years. Like, I think people got tired of jank right around Fallout 76, where I remember the conversation around Fallout and as an outsider, because I really haven't spent very much time with any of those games people being like yeah like it's fun like fallout skyrim you're like falling through wagons and like huh it's hilarious how the game's broken (laughs) and then at fallout 76 they're like i can't believe this game is broken like this is this is messed up and that's not to say that like there are other reasons fallout 76 got dragged that are outside of that element but it felt like since then the the broader gaming community is no longer charmed by jank and now it's like something that i feel like people look over with, like, a fine-tooth comb in reviews and commentary online of, like, look at this thing and how this thing's broken. Like, I think people have just evolved a little bit past that, at least in the mainstream AAA space. I do think, like, I'm I'm with Sarah. Like, some gen can be fun, and as long as I can still get through the game, it kind of depends on the context in which it is, you know, and and what what else is going on. Um, I don't think it's, like, a one-size-fits-all thing, but... I felt like no one really likes jank anymore versus like back in the day, they used to always say that, Oh yeah, it's fine. Like their games are always broken. And now they're like, I can't believe their games are always broken. They need to fix that.
0: Right. Are people going to be nostalgic when Starfield comes out for that Bethesda jank? I, I think that oh, game. Yeah. Still I think be if it's jank.
1: janky at all, people are going to be pissed.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. You're um, right.
5: I, I think for me, there's, there's, kind of two separate categories i I totally agree like it kind of depends on the context i'm thinking like well assassin's creed unity had some jank and that was not the good kind uh right sometimes kept me just from finishing the game but then there's like halo jank which is which you can see in the infinite uh beta where people will throw plasma on a warthog and then quick uh you know use the grappling hook before it launches and then it'll throw them 300 feet in the air and then they can you know, do a rocket launcher from, like, while flying over the map. Right. So that kind of jank is always a good time. But, yeah, th- there's kind of, I, I agree. If, like, it prevents you from finishing the game or is a red flag for something coming up, like, oh, no, am I not going to be able to finish this mission or whatever? Cyberpunk jank, I guess, is, is yeah. the yeah, kind
3: I, of Yeah. That one was in my mind. I was like, cyberpunk.
5: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, I'm really trying to think. Definition of jank. In my mind, it's, like, glitch, but primarily physics glitch. Is that... It's mm-hmm. not just as simple as any bug is jank right it needs to be like
3: and then i feel like there's skill jank like the warthog thing like you right. have to be probably yes. pretty skilled to pull skill that off jank. so like i'm okay with skill jank because right. it's like you know speed running like you're just talented or mm-hmm. whatever but then there's like yeah there's like physic jank there's like graphics jank where suddenly your character grows like two feet in yeah. a cutscene, and their eyes are like in the sky and you're like um
0: <laughs> yeah we don't like eye jank That's a good MinMax T-shirt, by the way. I'm okay with Skill Jank. I think (laughs) I think it needs to get out there. Uh, Andrew Molnar writes in and says, "Hello, MinMax. Imagine that the technology exists to seamlessly transfer human consciousness and personality into a robotic body. There is no monetary cost to do so, and the robotic body is virtually indestructible, requires no maintenance, and will continue to survive indefinitely." Oh, hang on, now I'm scared. Even after the sun explodes...
1: no. no. Okay.
0: If, if given the choice, would you transfer your consciousness or remain as you are? Your, jo- your choice is permanent.
1: Uh, they took it too far with the sun exploding. Yeah, so I'm gonna have no, to I stop. think I would still do it. Post sun, float into
3: space, Sarah, for yeah. eternity. You're gonna be so bored. I, I mean, like eventually, I think my mind would degrade enough to the point where it was like I was dead, anyways. That's horrifying.
0: So you're gonna go full Cortana out there, drifting in yeah, space. Yeah, and like, then okay. I'll
3: probably get picked up by some aliens, and they'll be like, "What is this?" And like maybe they'll start worshiping me. Okay, and then I will become god. You're doing a long play here. Okay. Yeah, There's a the classic. Now
0: I will become God. Long play. I mean, okay, how long in your world is this stupid robot body floating out there before
3: infinite?
0: Aliens? So okay, but when
3: are <laughs> until like until the death of the universe and nothing and everything ceases to exist? But that's like trillions light years. Right. It's like so many years in the future.
0: Yeah, I feel. I will either
3: outlive God or I will become God. <sighs>
0: another great situation. t-shirt um let's get it on there <laughs> i just feel like yeah the idea of aliens picking you up that's i think the universe ends before aliens find well, one robot to, body. So, if
3: there's like infinite time i also have infinite possibilities
5: to do
0: so eventually what? it
3: might happen
5: you know, when when this question was posed, I didn't know it was gonna go this metaphysical. This is right, crazy. Right. We're talking about the end of time. Uh, I I respectfully disagree. I would oh. not want to transfer said consciousness into said robot because it's
3: probably the healthy thing. It's, it's healthy.
5: It's part of life. You know, we live our life and we have to pass on, and that's that's part of it. However, Boring. There's a, well there's there's a thing well what if a five-year-old's gonna die do you do it for you know what I mean like Ooh. do you extend the life of someone who would who would otherwise die that's but that you're that extending it too far,
1: the sun took it too far like with the sun thing I can <laughs> oh, no the sun longer entertain sun the yeah. question if it was like OK, you die with like the planet, though, or something more than I could think. And then I, what, the first thing I thought of when I saw this question, too, and I like, asked everyone that was in my kitchen at the time, like where y'all drop in your brain to this robot body. Yeah. And I'm like, how widespread is this? Is this everyone can do it? Because my boyfriend was like, oh, I definitely immediately it would pop on my iPad the notification, like transfer consciousness. I'd click right. it. We're there. I'm in the robot form. And then I'm like, maybe I should be a robot, too, because then... Or else I'm just dating a robot, you know what I mean? Because yeah. then that's, just, that's weird. Now, if we're both, like, in these, like, robot consciousnesses, you know, then that could be okay.
0: You say it's okay. I don't want to, you know, critique your relationship. It's okay, but, like... 10 billion years floating in space together as a robot relationship. Yes, no one can survive that. My,
1: my brother had the opposite thing. He's like, if my fiance does it, he's like, I'm definitely not going to, cause I'm not going to be there for a could beyond death. Like that's right, too far. Right.
0: And look, if you want to be a couple in heaven, more power to you, everybody. But I think the sun is the dividing line. You know, we say that's outright, but I mean, okay. So the sun's got 10, 10 billion years before it goes away. Like the, I think your mind would, fully deteriorate before 10 billion years
1: it'd be so boring you'd be floating for so long that's why i can't do it i'm not gonna float in space for yeah floating Eventually, for one year time would be hard. Will,
3: you'll cease to feel time though you will simply yeah. exist and the whole concept of time is just out the window
5: because <laughs> that sounds great You're not gonna Uh, be floating in time, like
3: what time? Like you're gonna be floating in space? Like is it November? Like it doesn't matter. Now, if they had like a body where I don't know, I had
1: like a helmet and like all these extra things where I could like fly through space, like Iron Man. Maybe I could watch Netflix and stuff. Like create my own. (laughs) You know, they don't have time to make that something. You have infinite time. You can make now. That. I have to make it now. I'm working. Like how smart can am I? my own. Work. Mind? Do you know how rich you can be in a billion years? I can't Think even get my own streams it. to work. Like I'm about. I'm crafting like entire media companies in my brain. And, I, is this I,
5: also a soma situation where that's you? That's what I was thinking. Where you are just like transferring your mind over to a robot and your body is still there. So there's two of you. Oh. And um, like the you that's human still gets to live and
0: die. No, I, that would be sad and gross. I, I imagine it'd be like the body would collapse the second okay. your brain goes out. Okay. That's out of it. But the sad Andrew doesn't part and Not
5: the living forever into eternity.
0: So am I
1: going to my own funeral? What are they doing with my body?
0: Yeah, you get to go to the funeral as the robot. You'd get to give the speech. <laughs> I think.
1: Do people know I'm me? Do you have my face? Is it like an? Am I like an advanced Andrew? Andrew, like, like for become human? Andrew, type? I don't am know. Am I then... a Roomba? Yeah, what? What if I was just a Roomba.
0: <laughs> Andrew Molnar needs to stop submitting questions on Patreon and get writing this short film or long film, I should say, mini series for Netflix, so we get all these questions answered. But I can't stop thinking about that idea of post sun explode. Which, by the way, Starkill in the backstage pass just said post sun Sarah, which is a very funny <laughs> idea. Which is post sun exploding. Like, how would you, there would be, you're right, Sarah, there would be no time. Yeah, I understand, like, the stars, I guess, would move a little bit. And this is why
3: Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye is the best DLC. (laughs) I will not say that it touches on this, but it does touch on this. There we
5: go. Wink. Uh, well, so what would happen is like the sun's going to expand and engulf the Earth eventually, and you're going to be sucked into the sun. It's be- going to become a white dwarf, very condensed, and you're right. gonna be stuck to the surface for a while because you have no way to of the ga- escaping surface. its gravity. Uh, I would
0: know. just be
3: there, like LOL, as I hurtle <laughs> through space. We'd
0: all be like LOL. Uh, Adam writes in with a killer question. He says, "Since the game's inception uh, in the early 1940s, has there ever been a day on Earth? I'm talking one single day." without someone getting a Yahtzee?
3: That's disgusting. (laughs) I don't I watched the other question. I hate this question.
0: Since I got into this discussion with friends recently and they insisted days have gone by without a Yahtzee. For reference, studies show there is nearly a 50% chance of getting a Yahtzee in any single game and there are like 7 billion people on earth. We're counting knockoff versions of the game as well. So has a day without a Yahtzee happened since 1940?
3: What a movie. I time. learned I was how to play that. Yahtzee last year, and I got one Yahtzee. So I've spent 27 years on this earth not getting a Yahtzee.
1: Yeah, I've but never played Yahtzee. It's
0: exactly. it's good. It's good. Uh, there's a lot of people playing it. I mean, how many copies do you think Yahtzee sold?
3: How many pe- How many copies do you think still have all the pieces? Yeah, but I mean, there's at
0: least. Okay, what are we saying? I mean, so 50% chance in a game that Yahtzee happens. There's at least two games of Yahtzee being played on Earth every day. Yes? At least. Bare minimum. Yeah, so therefore, I mean, I think
1: it's got to be, it's such a weird way to think of time, but I feel like it's been, there has not been a day without a Yahtzee, I don't think. No. Until the sun explodes and Sarah <laughs> what if the, like, <laughs> Yeah, what if
5: the Yahtzee, Yahtzee players go into robots and <laughs> then yes. they play Yahtzee every day till the end of the universe? And that's the
0: last word Sarah says before her robot mind goes wild is yes! <laughs> <It's> just Yahtzee. <laughs>
5: Were you trying to do math there, Wade? I'm trying to read about yeah, yeah, the the stats, stats on ya- Yahtzee, but it's not. I don't <laughs> I, know, there's the there's stats too much on Yahtzee.
0: Yahtzee. Yeah, I think there's been a Yahtzee every day. Uh, let's see. Jordan Brown uh, says, "Hey, everybody! Uh, I finally had a free weekend this past weekend, and naturally used that time to play through Dino Crisis and Alone in the Dark 4 on PS1, and had an absolute blast." For some reason, PlayStation 1 era survival horror games are some of the best comfort games for me. Uh, I was wondering, is there a genre or game that you feel comfortable playing and instantly puts you in a good mood?
1: Pokemon Stadium Kids Club.
0: <laughs> so all those mini games? Yeah. Okay, so the Ekans uh, toss, the fling thing, the lick-a-tongue and mm-hmm. the sushi
1: shop. Yeah. Okay. So, like, like, get, you know, wait for life to come for you feel depressed put it yeah. on tell me you still feel sad you won't
0: it is good just, it is good. it just
1: washes away everything the only con is that when you're setting it up it is very clear that you're having a mental breakdown because it's 2021 mm-hmm. but just push through that play it it's a fun time
0: yeah do you think mario party gives you similar vibes in any way
1: not really i don't okay. think i mean it's fun but i've mario partied so much and there's been so many whack mario parties that at this point yeah. like them, even them putting out that collection i'm like you're clearly dropping this because you're too washed to make a good Mario Party game. Like right. that hasn't happened in a long time. Well, yeah, new So, one you know, I'll probably give you my sixty dollars or fifty dollars, but I'm gonna wait for a little bit and okay. make you way for it. So that's I, where we're at.
0: I like this idea of yeah, you come from a long history of partying hard with Mario Party. Mario partied <laughs> hard and put away wet. You just you can't you can't handle any more of this <laughs> stuff.
1: Uh, I hate that
0: sentence. So much. <laughs> yeah, I regret saying that immediately. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, RTS games for me—they put me in a good mood. It's a nice, uh, nice calming, soothing thing. You know, if you're not too worried about some intense multiplayer match or something, but just yeah, that perspective. Yeah, there's
5: like uh, with, with StarCraft too. There's a lot of great like custom games that people have made in the arcade mode, and oh, I yeah. like the Direct Strike one, which is just like it's just waves of enemies like going at each other, mm-hmm. and all you have to do is like decide like like where you want, where you want to place your uh, units and. Purchasing them and stuff. It's very, very relaxing game. Yeah, yeah, I mm-hmm. love it.
3: Yeah, mine is probably The Sims. Ooh. Although excellent. I do need to like clear my calendar for like the next three days when I start The Sims, um because it's dangerous. <laughs> like once you start playing The Sims, like you don't just like stop. Yeah. You walk away. Right. Uh. So I definitely now that I'm older, I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I've got like three days to, <laughs> to despair on playing The Sims. But I've been playing it. I think it's probably the longest running game i've ever played like the sims the sims 2 sims 3 sims 4 all the expansion packs like,
0: oh my god definitely
3: the longest running series i've stuck with
0: wow uh by the way we should probably put the sims in new show plus for a poll at some point in the future whenever you have three oh, days no. to set aside for a three days yeah whenever
3: i th- you know set aside three days that's
0: right uh tactical dreamer writes in and says forza horizon 5 is an amazing game correct uh however it does nothing that dozens of racing games before it have not already done, especially the previous Forza Horizon games. Despite this, it is one of the most well-received games critically all year. On the other side of the fence, games like Far Cry 6 are thrown under the bus for being formulaic. Why do you think racing games get a pass in this regard? I think this is an excellent question. Far Cry's formula question.
1: isn't as good as Forza Horizon's formula. It's also way more overdone than Far Cry's formula, and especially if you count not just Far Cry itself but if you look at it in the wider context of all ubisoft games like whenever i make any comments on far cry everyone's like you could say this for all ubisoft games which it's not a bad reply to give to me but like it's such a tired response that i'm like you're not really engaging with anything i have to say but that's fine um but yeah like i think that's the end and short of it like the long and short of it like it's just the truth is like parts of and i liked far cry 6 overall but parts of it there are plenty of ways to critique and analyze that in a negative way, while Forza Horizon, like, there's still criticisms for it, sure, but I think the base formula is sound in the gameplays of really high and unique quality. No one else is operating in the part-sim, part arcade space the open way world. forza is like it yeah. dominates that space it's like feet is like how and then also i think how often it comes out too like far cry comes out just often enough but it's also not an annualized thing so like all of these reasons and more are why one gets away with it and one doesn't
0: <sighs> thank you thank you janet because i was racking my brain reading this question I'm like god i don't know if i can come up with an answer but i think you're right it's just that since what 2012 far cry 3 in particular kind of the open world far cry is it far cryification of just so many games has happened that just those feelings of the mechanics of taking out outposts we've just done so many times whereas how often are we playing open world racing games one every three years realistically every two years maybe if you're a nut you know so yeah i guess that's it thank you janet for being so smart um swiggity swoo writes in and says how do you psych yourself up to do a stream or podcast (laughs) does everybody need to be psyched up is that the way it works I don't know. I, uh, I yeah, I found uh, I I would meditate for 10 minutes before doing like the deepest dive or the podcast. I did that for like over a year. But then I've noticed that if I exercise in the morning, I don't need to do that as much. I don't know, I'm less anxious about podcasting that day. So, yeah, I don't I don't really I think just going live, there's a natural adrenaline that happens. Mm. Um, where that you don't need to psych yourself up. I don't think. Am I
5: nuts? Yeah. No, I, I agree. It, it is sort of like once, uh, like a game in form. Once the lights are on, right? The cameras are on. There's like that sort of energy that kind of clicks. Although one thing that does help me a big Chipotle burrito.
1: Ooh.
3: Oh, Are you serious? You gotta go to sleep. <laughs> no, Wade would have it's like, like the opposite effect. You no, would have no, like so, four
5: Chipotle burritos a day. He was a nut.
1: <laughs> Had that card and everything.
0: Yeah, oh, I, oh, better no. believe it. <laughs> and the parking always sucked there. It just, I don't know, how you how you did that It Wade. was rough. It was yeah, rough. That was terrible.
5: And I'm speaking right when someone leaves.
0: <laughs> Sarah and Janet, do you feel like you need to psych yourself up to to create hot content?
3: Usually I'll just drink a ton of coffee mm. and that really does it for me. Um I used to get really nervous before streaming and before podcasting, like super nervous. Yeah. Um but then after just doing it like constantly every day, sometimes multiple times a day, it's just I it's just not there anymore.
0: Yeah, there's like a, um, I'm still, you know, a little nervous every once in a while doing stuff. Like the last time I did kind of funny Games Daily, Janet, not your episode, but I guess the episode before that, I was really, really nervous. And then I was like, okay, I just need to meditate for like 20 minutes to try and like reset things and it ended up being fine. But I think at a certain point after doing this for so long, you realize that like there's no falling off the net. Because what does that falling even look like? You know, like I stumble over my words all the time. And it's like, worst case scenario, I acknowledge, boy, I really stumbled over my words there. You know, it's like <laughs> that really feels like about it. So at a certain point, there's a little bit of comfort just in knowing that nothing can really go wrong. Even like, Janet, you were a special celebrity fill-in uh, guest co-host for this episode of Trivia Tower. And oh, it was like, yeah. and your internet connection was God. abysmal. And it was, it was like terrible. barely functioning. And it was like, well, this is maybe bad for viewers but at the same time it's like you know what it, this is still totally fine it, it, even with yeah yeah
1: i think stuff like that it was funny because you were like you know okay here i sent you a million things like that and you're going to have to read a lot of this and i'm like yeah it's fine like i don't know i've done enough stuff where i've had to read things where like it, i think listeners and viewers would be shocked at how many shows that they consume where the people that are reading this thing have never read this sentence before in yes, their life and are right. just like you know, even with like, um, well, for Games Daily, I do usually read sort of through the news story because usually I'm trimming out pieces or condensing parts or looking if I need additional information. There's like all, all this back end stuff. But on the whole, like I'm not reading all those news stories 12 times before the show starts. Like I'm just going to read it and I'm like, I hope there's I hope it comes out OK. And it does because you get used to doing it, though. I do think it's an impressive skill that like we've all acquired to be able to constantly be the kid who's reading aloud in class because usually when you read aloud in class you're horrible at it and we do that all the time here so go us
0: yeah yeah i still stumble over most of these words in the community questions but i hear you uh angelo gamara writes in and says hey everyone as a slow sleeper (laughs) i like that terminology as a slow sleeper one night i spent my 30 to 45 minutes thinking about how the sleep status ailment is so much easier to inflict in video games than in real life this might be a little dark but here's a thought exercise Which is my favorite thought exercise. Mm -hmm. Uh, Try ranking these status ailments by how difficult they would be to inflict on someone in real life. (laughs) So, (laughs) sleep, poison, burn, confusion, paralysis, frozen, mute, blind, charm, slow, and haste.
3: Well, some of those haste haste are legal in certain situations. Uh,
0: (laughs) This is game on. This is post apocalyptic. There are no rules. What's that, Janet?
3: What's haste again?
0: Haste is like speeding people up. So, that's like. To inflict haste on somebody, you'd have to, what, throw a cappuccino a in their mouth? Like, no. Uh, I, I think
3: haste would probably be the hardest, then.
1: Because so, you can freeze people, you can burn people. I don't know what the other ones were.
0: Yeah, paralysis, it's like, I guess you could paralyze somebody, so that seems technically... Yeah, I mean, it's
1: dark, but you could do it. You
0: could do it. Charm? Is it, honestly, this is, wait, I've been meaning to ask you this for a long
5: time. Is it <laughs> technically easier to paralyze somebody or to charm them? No, I think, technically. I think freeze is the hardest, because, like... You have to freeze them solid completely. Like, how the hell are you going to do that? Yeah, we're talking shining level.
0: Yeah, that's true, sir. That is a a lifetime.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think
0: that might... Poison? That's a piece of cake. I mean, Putin's doing it every day. Uh, It doesn't seem like a biggie. Just find some berries in the woods. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mute is interesting. I don't know how that would work voice box just that's get so rid of their that mouth so you'd like stab some that of the m- this is this is, this is you put duct
1: tape over their mouth <laughs> that's true that's, I, a yeah, form that's of way that. easier
0: okay all right that's fair uh are you happy angelo Yeah, sicko there you go there's your big ranking um okay wade what do
5: you like for a question of the week it's gotta be robot brain robot brain
3: <laughs> yeah i think so too
5: okay all I mean, right that, that bird's discussion that we
0: yeah we you're right this is just gonna encourage that.
3: people Yep. Send in more existential <laughs> questions.
0: We'll take them all. That is Andrew Molnar. There we go. Congratulations, Andrew. I am 8-bit. We'll ship out that vinyl soundtrack to Spinch. I will reach out to you and get your email address, and we'll ship it out. Thank you so much. Uh, by the way, people in the backstage pass. Uh, like, I mean, Leafy on here, Janet. Says that episode of Trivia Tower is still slapped, though. So... It it wasn't. People
1: seem like they're like, "Oh, this episode was great," and I'm like, "You know, I my my cat showed up, so I feel like that saved it." Right. I I have no internet connection, but I do have this cat. That's right. That's right.
0: People seemed happy with the questions for sure. So thanks for all the kind words and the help sharing trivia with a friend. uh now it's time for something that we like to call "get a load of this." Okay, Wade, I know you're on the spot. Do you have
5: something that we should get a load of? (laughs) Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> excuse me. Do you guys remember the movie Gravity? Yeah. Yeah. Movie Love where it. these astronauts are at a, on a space shuttle and then the Russians launch a missile to destroy one of their satellites, creates this debris field, and ends right. Up- destroying all these space stations remember the time people saying okay well it's not really that possible because the satellites in the iss are at different altitudes and this and this uh article today in usa today actually it's everywhere the russians blew up one of their satellites and now is posing a threat to the iss they put the astronauts in one of the escape pods to as like Really? A precautionary thing, yeah.
0: Wait, so he's just and now they're just sitting in the escape pod. Well, waiting? they
5: were for a few hours, yeah, as as a precaution. And now the U.S. is pissed, like Russia, like what the hell are you doing? You can't just blow up your sat your satellites and have these debris fields around Earth.
0: Oh my God! But we get a cool ring if enough people blew up enough, yes. wouldn't it? Like that does seem pretty <laughs> sweet. Uh, Yeah, see, Sarah, you don't want to be out there as a robot. You're going to get hit by all this stuff. I'm an immortal
3: robot. What is the debris field? It's like, what is that? That's like 10 minutes of my immortal life. I might get smacked in the face with something.
5: (laughs) And what if you're magnetic? It all sticks to you then? Right, right. That is messy. But I become
3: an asteroid, destroyer of worlds. (laughs) Mm -hmm, It would all be mm -hmm. an interesting day.
5: That's true. Uh,
0: There's links below for all these stories. Uh, Hey, everybody, get a load of this. Uh, John Ricciardi, former co-worker of Sarah Pozorski over there day (laughs) 4 Um <laughs> that makes her laugh. <laughs> Just the idea of it. By the way, I don't know if you heard, Sarah, they had their three hundredth episode not too long ago. I
3: saw that.
0: And they were they thanked you and they shared some nice stories of you being on the podcast and stuff it was very nice yeah totally um and they said that they wanted to a special guest i was like oh sarah should have been on this episode but that's fine uh okay so john ricciardi tweeted hey if you're not listening to uh the original metroid and super mario land and earthbound composer uh, chip tanaka's new album domani that just dropped today it's not too late to fix things here's a whole bunch of links and uh, Hip Tanaka, otherwise known as Chip Tanaka, who, yeah, uh, created these incredible NES soundtracks. In particular, that Super Mario Land soundtrack is so unbelievable. Uh, he released his third standalone album today called Domani. Money. There's a link below if you want to check it out. But it's just awesome that he's still out there making ship music. So enjoy, everybody. Uh, Janet, did you have something good?
1: Yeah, get a load of this. The uh, Lakers Stadium Staples Center is getting renamed on Christmas Day. Moving forward to Crypto.com Arena.
0: Shut up. A new name. Shut uh, up.
1: Yes, this is, this is real life. This is the real new name of it. <laughs> I feel like it could have been worse. Like It could have mm-hmm. been like NFT stadium or something Boy, that's rough. Yeah, it's the the dot com. .com for me. Yeah, but .com is really rough to um I think some people are going to try like oh tales from the crypt or like try to rebrand it, you know, as a fan but yeah, it's pretty rough. So uh there we go. There's that. So
0: Wow, what a mess. Uh Sarah
3: Get a load of this. Uh believe it everybody, Naruto is now in Fortnite. No. A bunch of Naruto skins have are now Uh, Unleashed in Fortnite, we've got Naruto, Sasuke, Sakura, and Kakashi are now available to play in Fortnite. Um, They're really cool, they look like cel-shaded and stuff. But I'm just seeing all these crazy screenshots of, like, Ariana Grande holding Sasuke at gunpoint, <laughs> <and also laughs> saying she's going did to end the Uchiha clan. <laughs> and then we have, like, Rick from Rick and Morty, like, carrying Naruto on his back. Oh and it's my just God. Fortnite is off the rails with these uh, integrations.
0: Yeah, maybe the metaverse is cool, everybody. Uh, Hey, get a load of this from the community. We have a whole channel in our Discord, which you get access to if you support us on Patreon, uh, where all these are shared every single day. Uh, Nick from Atlanta shared one, um, which is the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter account tweeted out, coming to Monster Hunter Rise on November 26th. Uh, Sarah, did you see this trailer for this Sonic of crossover? Of course
3: I saw the trailer. <laughs> it is
0: absurd. It starts out, Wade, with just a shot from Monster Hunter World, and then it says, Capcom Presents as then it starts blasting speed of sound from Sonic Adventure, this classic (laughs) song. And then it is like, I feel like at this point we should be numb to Sonic crossovers because they're in everything. But just the audacity
5: of how ugly and stupid this one is, it is like another level of Sonic crossover. So uh, I hope... It does feel weird because like, at least when you cross over Sonic with Mario, the art styles are kind of that same cartoony vibe. When you cross it over into Monster Hunter... Right. It's
0: not quite the same so yeah they've thrown it all out the window yeah it's it's just silly (laughs) for the sake of silly at this point uh all
5: right thanks everybody wade thank you for being here thank you and by the way i forgot i didn't say good load of this biggest mistake
0: i could have made you're blown. it you're actually jeff rolling in his grave right now uh (laughs) wade what do you want to plug
5: man uh god you know what i i you you've asked me this a couple times when i've been on all i can say is uh is stay tuned to patreon.com slash minmax 2 oh please look at you don't have to do that what about like, your twitter account anything Wade? just throw it out there i mean i i guess yeah at wade wojik w-o-j-c-i-k but i don't know who cares it's twitter more importantly <laughs> patreon.com jesus wade all right thank you i promise
0: i didn't prep him ahead of time i swear uh janet will you tell this man how to plug something
1: uh sure. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at GameOnesys. I'm everywhere on the internet at GameOnesti. That's game o N Y S U S. Uh so yeah, check out my work there.
0: Sweet. Sarah, what do you got going on?
3: You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Sarah Pods.
0: And from the best. <laughs> Nowhere
3: else. That's it. Yeah,
0: that's it. Let's go. I don't know why you sounded so sad when you said that. It's like you're just <laughs> realizing your life or something. Uh Hey, you can follow MinMax on Instagram. By the way, congratulations. This is from Brian Vore, uh, our social media guru. He said, congrats to Sam Worms for winning our Twitter giveaway for a custom-designed Fixture S1. So there's a contest where they can make a custom Fixture S1 and put any image on it. And so we had a contest that whoever responded to this tweet on MinMax's uh, Twitter account with an idea for what to put on the custom skin, whichever one got the most likes Fixture would make, um, And he suggested making a Thanksgiving-themed Fixture S1 with, like, cranberries and turkey on it and stuff. So that's going to be given away. Congratulations to Sam Werner. Uh, also, uh, Brian Vor wanted folks to know that this week we're teaming up with the Konami Shop, their merch store, to give away a Christmas sweater of the winner's choosing on Twitter. You'll be able to select from awesome designs featuring Metal Gear, Castlevania, or Silent Hill. You can check out the pinned tweet on MinMax's Twitter account uh, if you're interested in that. So we've been giving a lot of stuff away, so please check that out. Also, just a heads up for folks, uh, next week we will be doing our big 100 Things to Be Thankful For, which should be a good time. Uh, We'll release the podcast version of that as well as a Patreon exclusive. Also, because we hit our goal on Patreon, we are going to be creating three new episodes of House Hunter Rise which is our most popular new show plus show where we just look at absurd Zillow listings. Uh, It's been a really good time. So we're going to be making three new episodes starting on November 22nd. So if you're a Patreon supporter, we will be collecting Zillow links, just everybody's Zillow links. And then we'll be going on 3d tours of these houses uh, along with folks on Twitch. So please follow us on Twitch and get ready for that. All right. We have a bunch of people to thank that are in the $50. Thank you crew. Um, Let's see, uh, Wade, maybe to make this more interesting, I'm going to read all these names for $50 supporters. And if mm-hmm. you know, people out there want to have their names read, they can support us the $50 tier. How about you thank all these people after I say the name? So kind of like you know the America F yeah thing from Team America, but you got to do it fast. You know what I mean? Do you, do you get the rhythm Are that you, I have
5: in mind? From the song from Team America? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All I remember is the is this is the phrase America F Yeah coming okay. again to save the mother F and day.
0: Okay, yeah, but just say thank you. The point is fast okay. after all okay. these names. Okay. All right. Okay, all right. Here we all go. Right. Divergecoffee.com. Divergecoffee.com, thank you. <laughs> you can just say thank you. Andrew Yuckerwitz. Thank you. I'm a switch on Xbox. Thank Chris. You. Shake's thank True you. King Music. Keep Rolling Wade. Thank you. Fixture <laughs> Gaming's Fixture S1. Thank you. I am Eight Bit. Thank Le- you. Ludwig Roquet Thank you, Zachary Pluggy.
3: Thank you, Andrew
0: Valla. Thank you, Bean Down Brian. Thank you, PrettyGoodPrinting.com. Thank you, Jawar. Hello. Thank you, Forty Five More Wade. Marco Rico Toreno.
5: Thank you, Mark Seliga. Thank you, John Higby.
0: Thank you, Call Me By Your Game Podcast. Thank you, Drew Horanis.
5: Thank you, Dan Vallone. Thank you,
0: Starkiller. Thank you, Ted Riser. Thank you, Clemens Zobel. Thank you. Steve Vamdad. Dad. Thank you. Peer Brad number 6. Thank you. Spider Dan. Thank you. Preetham Yard Legata. Thank you. Spiral in Your Eyes. Thank you. General Nadine 99. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you, Wade. Thanks, everybody, for sharing the show, for watching, listening to the show. All right. And Backstage Pass says you're a real trooper, Wade, so congratulations. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. <laughs>